Are you ready? Yeah. I suppose. And here we go. Hey, what's up? This is Tracy Morgan. I'm a black dude. You're listening to two white guys who are into devil music, the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. This is crazy. I want to get you pregnant. Due to the adult (laughs) subject matter of the following program, some listeners may find the content offensive, outrageous, or unsuitable. You know, like religious freaks, uptight losers, or little wussy mama's boys. Please listen responsibly. You're listening to the vocal minority with Nick Reynolds and Steve Harness. <laughs> mm. Hot. How much time? You're hot. Mm. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is scotch, scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. That is good. You're on the air. How are you? You look awfully nice tonight. Maybe don't wear a bra next time. How much time till we're on? What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Are you ready? We are always ready to go. We are the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. I mean, that's just kind of our deal, dude. No matter where you find us, we are ready to go. And there's some value in that, don't you think? I think there's a lot of value in it and the fact that we uh, improv this whole show because we just sort of show up and hit record. So none of this is planned. I know that's mind blowing, but uh, yeah. So we're always ready. Just turn the mic on. Welcome to the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. You can catch our socials, of course, on our webpage. We'll talk about those today. The vocalminority.net is where you can find us. And you can find the last episode of our podcast there if you want to see what our mugs look like booyah yep it's all there on the website links to all the pages socials uh youtube youtube's got uh has got it all the full video and various clips interview segments etc cetera, etc cetera. but are we yeah. still on twitter dude uh as of now we're still on twitter so um we do need to talk about twitter at some point today oh. in general not as you know pertaining to us uh, we got uh, suspended from Twitter a week or two ago <laughs> for using the word slut in a complimentary way. Steve was slut encouraging, and uh, they didn't like that at all. It's not slut shaming. I was slut praising, and yes. uh, this world needs sluts, so um, I'm all for it. And, but yeah, Twitter, apparently that's bad. Nazis, yes. <laughs> sluts, sluts, no. no. <laughs> that's, that's rule one on their new uh, rules page. So. Uh, that's a fact. Yes, yes, it is. So Elon Musk is just going out of his mind, dude. I mean, uh, I've seen people, of course, on what's the uh, dipshit social media? Trump, uh, the, the truth social, truth social. Yeah, truth. Uh, of course, all the people from like Newsmax and truth social and stuff. I mean, they're praising Elon Musk. Well, of course, because uh, they think he's one of them and uh, mainly seems to be. Um, but uh, the big question with Twitter still is, is he going to destroy that place? He just sold billions in Tesla stock yesterday to help pay for the uh, Twitter and they're losing advertisers left and right. They're losing celebrities left and right. So, uh, you know, I was just in Omaha, which is uh, Fox nation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, the way that they speak about Twitter is like, look how fast he's turned this bad boy around. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible what he's done so quickly. Yes, racial money. slurs are up 500%. It's amazing <laughs> <laughs> the progress he's making over there. Yeah, oh he's, he's, he's done such a bang-up job that his investors in Tesla are asking him to appoint someone else to run the company right. because they feel he's being stretched too thin. 
Yes. Tesla, the actual real company, they feel he's fucking it up now. So Yeah, Yeah, BT Dubs, I uh, just read an article uh, pertaining to Tesla. And uh, these folks that have bought like the... the cherry model, like the top of the line, all options and everything. They were promised when they bought these that self-driving, complete self-driving 100% would be coming soon in all markets. And uh, Tesla, apparently, according to this article, released uh, a couple of months ago that it was ready to go. So a bunch of people went out and bought this. Their stock went up and everything. And uh, one of the guys that was interviewed for this article was like, I've had the cars that are available for this for uh, a year now. So I called right away and I was like, when can I get the update? And they were uh, very candid with me where they were, oh, we don't know, quite know how to do it yet. <laughs> and I mean, that's messed up, right? Just to bump the stock, just to sell some cars. Uh, I don't know what's baby, going on over fraud. there. But uh, we've seen a lot of stories about the Tesla self-driving cars running over things and running into things, and it's definitely not ready. And um, I don't know. Is that the height of American laziness that you just want your car to drive you everywhere? 100%. I mean, seems beyond dangerous. I've got a car that will, if you start drifting, the, the wheel will turn you, and I scare the crap out of my kids every now and again and just do it. I'll take my hands off the wheel. <laughs> we just see what happens, but I'm right there ready to grab the wheel. I can't imagine just letting the car drive you. When well, my you car is in cruise, it'll stay between the lines without touching the wheel, yeah. but you're not supposed to take your hands off the wheel. In fact, if it doesn't feel any pressure on the wheel after 30 seconds, it'll be like, put your hands on the wheel, dum-dum. Yes, mine does that too. I, I like when I go out riding dirt bikes when I, on my ride home, I like to go like get a hamburger or something, and I will take my hands off the wheel and just sit there and eat a hamburger while I'm driving, and my car starts yelling at me. So then I just tap the wheel so it thinks I'm there, and then I go back to eating my hamburger. We're twinsies, dude. I do the same thing. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you what frightens me about the self-driving thing is that Tesla is also trying to get into self-driving uh, semis. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. Like, listen, this is all definitely the wave of the future, I suppose. But yeah, can you imagine an 18-wheeler? Uh, not a loaded, complete, loaded up completely right. and out of control? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Well, he's driving Twitter into a wall all by itself. So maybe that's the future of Tesla as well. We'll see. Consistency, I suppose. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, speaking of the socials, uh, we, we picked up some interesting new locations this past week here on the old podcast map. Very still, interesting. Let's still try to figure out honest, exactly. Dude. Uh, yeah, I'm having a question on this p- podcast map. Uh, do any of you actually download this show versus just hitting the play button on Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you're at? I download it. And actually, my, my phone is set to download uh, the new episode as soon as it's uploaded. And I have it both on Spotify and also on uh, iHeart. Because sometimes I'm on I'm on the iHeart app to listen to some other things. And then I want to click over to our show. And I just wanted to have it right there. Can someone explain to me why you want to download it? I don't understand why you want to take up the space on your phone if you can just hit play and listen to it. Can someone explain to me why Brewski is listening to other stuff? 
I mean, is there anything else out there? Someone explain to me why Brewski didn't make his bed before the show today. I don't know. He did, dude. What are you talking <laughs> I did, about? I did. That's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. My I'm OCD is going crazy. No, you got a little, a little squirt hanging out there in the corner. Dude, yeah, this is not the military. Come on. Fuck your shirt. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Listen. You should see uh, my place. It's, it's ridiculous, my OCD. Sorry. I'm with Brewski. I uh, I don't download the show all the time. I don't have it set up on auto download. But uh, like, for instance, last week I was going on a plane. Download yeah. it. If I'm that in certain situations, sense. I will well, download. Well, I think it also how I think it looks better for us too. If not just if someone is listening to it, but someone's downloading it, I think it it helps the, the numbers. Or I well, don't know. That's my question because the analytics show downloads. And now yeah. I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, but what about everyone not downloading it? Am I seeing those numbers, too? Because I don't download our show ever. I don't want to take up space on my devices. Have you showed up on the analytics? I feel like I have, because that's another question, too. You know, this map is not pinpoint accurate. And I've been doing a little test. Like, I, 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 uh, I listened to our show at the radio station in town, and I swear to God, it showed up near Sacramento which is probably where the main server is. Like I was telling you guys, I get like porn ads and help wanted ads on my phone all the time that say, you know, you're dating in Sacramento or you're looking for used dirt bike gear in Sacramento. Like it seems to think I'm down there. So I'm, I'm not totally sure, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, hey, how's for this dude. Could you see this? Uh, I usually stream the show this past week. I downloaded the show was, did a new map, uh, did a new dot pop up in my area. No, no. All right. So it must do the streaming. I, I guess. I don't know. And, and well, that was the other thing. I tried streaming it at the station first and I didn't see anything on the map. And then I downloaded it and I, I saw the one near Sacramento. So I, don't, I don't know. Did you get downloads from Omaha? Well, so here's the uh, here's what's new on the map this week. Yes, we have two dots in Omaha, Nebraska now, which Nick just spent some time in Omaha. So um, was that you? Was it relatives, people in the airport eavesdropping on you? What was it? Uh, well, I'll tell you this. It's my brother for sure. And my sister-in-law, uh, and then also, uh, on my way back to Seattle, uh, the guy sitting across the aisle from me was, uh, watching Joe Rogan's podcast on the plane. Oh, so I got a little nudge and I was like, Hey dude, have you heard of the vocal minority with Nick and Steve? (laughs) If you like Rogan, you like stuff like that. You like podcasts, you're going to dig this. And, uh, so he, he pulled it up and, uh, yeah, hopefully we have a new listener or he thinks I'm a big asshole. Uh, Well, or maybe both after listening to the show, but where's he from? uh, Do you know? Uh, he's from Seattle. Um, but we were the, uh, only two people that I could see anyway, chewing tobacco on the plane. So we had something in common oh. right there. Ah, okay. Wow. Two assholes on the same plane, huh? You were <laughs> chewing. <laughs> yep. I, you know, I, I, this is a new realization. First of all, that you chew at all. I have never known this in 25 years of knowing you. I do it. I, I don't know how Nick has hidden this from me. Like some, I haven't not. I just don't do it very often. I know, but all these years of hanging out, late nights, radio stuff, all that stuff, I don't ever remember you chewing. Listen, if I can smoke, I'll smoke. Yeah. If I can't, I'll chew. I guess that's what it's been then. So so somehow you and uh, a, a, another guy right next to you on the plane were both dipping? So funny, dude, because, you know, I told you a, a couple of episodes ago. By the way, is this episode 16? 
Uh, yeah, Sweet 16. Yes. Everybody. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Congratulations. We made it another week, dude. So uh, the I show see is this auto guy. driving now. What's that? So the show is on auto drive now. Sweet 16, baby. Yes. Uh, we're going to have a quinceanera or a bat mitzvah. What no, 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 no. Sweet so quinceanera is for 15. That's that's the um, that's, that's the numeral. Me- no, no, no. Max, go thing. Yeah, quince is actually how you say fifteen in Spanish. That's what so in, I mean. In Mexico, yeah, in but Mexico, in America we do the uh, sweet sixteen indulgence where we yeah. Well, I mean, and our kids that I did not do. Should, should we be playing? Be playing Neil Sedaka's uh, Happy Birthday Sweet Sixteen? We probably should have. I didn't think about it, Brewski. Um, apologize. Ah. You have an apology for me. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, back to the dipping on the plane. This dude, I'm, you know, I told you a couple of episodes ago that I was, I'm always self-conscious about it. So it's you a very be. sneaky thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I look over at this guy and obviously I was checking him out. I knew what he was watching. I knew what he was doing, but I see his uh, empty you? bottle sitting down in front of him. And I saw him spit into it a couple of times. So I was like, Oh, we got a great row going here. By the way, dude, that was sitting next to me. Uh, I, I'm on the exit row. Okay. Which is poor man's first class and an aisle seat. And uh, right before I get on the plane, I look up my map and I got no one sitting next to me. I'm, go- I'm like, this is going to be a sweet ride home. Yeah. Well, very last two fucking people are on the plane. Ugh. They're fatter than me. And they both sit next to me. So we got three fat people in one row, which diminishes the space of, you know, poor man's first class. That's not the biggest problem. Asshole boyfriend or husband sits next to me in the middle seat. Ah. Like, why? 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 Your your wife or girlfriend is a tidge smaller than you. Like, why don't we give her the middle? That's terrible. Immediately takes both armrests and freaking you know elbows down on him and is firm he doesn't move the entire flight that's not even the worst of it this guy smelled like he hadn't showered in weeks and it was pure bo oh it was an awful flight dude it was an awful flight so what you're what you're saying nick is that uh he failed to read the mitchum report he did, dude. He is not a uh, men and man. That's for sure. Yeah. What is the Mitchum report? I'm not. Open. Oh, oh, the, 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 I didn't get the Mitchum, memo. Mitchum used to have this spot that said um, the Mitchum report says Americans are under more stress than ever. That's why you need Mitchum. The inner person is so strong. You can skip a day. Well, all right. We're doing so in, other words, in other words, he didn't read the Mitchum report, so he didn't put deodorant on. Any no, person, gotcha. you know. Yeah. Or decide to jog a few laps sometime in his life. Maybe you had to run through the airport. I've been that fat guy before, too, dude. I've been stuck on a plane next to a fat guy where I had to call for help. Like my, uh, I was married at the time, and I remember I, I wrote a note on my phone that just said help, and I like held it up because <laughs> I, I was Bullshit. in the window seat. No, I swear to God, I was in the window seat, and the huge dude was in the middle seat next to me. And same thing, like he was taking both armrests, he was you know bulging over to my seat. I'm like crammed up against the window, and I was seriously getting like claustrophobic. And it was a flight to Michigan, so it was like a five hour flight. So yeah, you know, my wife and kids were across the aisle. And I held up a note on my phone just saying help. And my uh, my wife at the time got the uh, the flight attendant. And she came over and started, um, I can't remember now. I think she ended up finding a different seat for this guy. 
because uh, she could see it was awkward. It was three dudes all in one row, like you were saying. And uh, But the terrible part was when we got off the plane, the guy was flying with his dad, and the dad could hear my wife you know, saying like, there's this fat guy next to my husband, like oh help my him. God. the husband, oh. or, uh, the dad got all bent out of shape and he got in my wife's face at the no. end. Yes. And it was funny before I could even step in the dude sitting next to me stepped in and it was just like, dad, stop, stop, stop. It's true. Like, I'm just, I'm too big for these planes. I feel terrible. Like he talked his dad down and, and the, you know, the guy felt bad and, and I knew he felt bad. Like, you know, one's proud to be, you know, bulging over into three seats, but yeah, it's it's a problem, especially a long flight. I was going to freak out. I had a yeah. flight from Vegas back to Boston, and I was excited because, like Nick, I saw on my on my um, phone that nobody was sitting next to me. And this is a JetBlue flight, so I was in oh. one of the spaces where you have to pay, where you can pay more money for an even more space seat, which is right, right. I, I, I like to do that because people are too cheap a lot of times. They don't want to pay the money. I don't mind paying the money. And a lot of times I'll have extra space next to me. This couple gets on both very large individuals. She sits down in the middle. He sits next to her. She leaves her bulky winter jacket on. And then she feels the need to hold his hand and lay her head on his shoulder, which then then kicks her body over towards me. And she's like encroaching (laughs) upon my seat. And I'm thinking, this is awful. And I moved myself. I asked, I flagged down a flight attendant and I said, listen, I have a even more row space C, space C here. Can I move up to this next row here? There's only one person in that row. And she said, yeah, no problem. But yeah, it's yeah, sometimes they, they won't come. let you. Well, I was going to say, there's not always an extra seat to move someone to, especially nowadays. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had that sensation many times where you're, you've are you got the seat next to you empty and like everyone seems to be unloading and you think you've won the lottery and then yep. that one more guy gets on the plane and uh, you just know, you know he's coming right for your spot. And, oh, it killed me. I was so pissed off, dude. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, speaking of uh, airline trouble, uh, uh, professional friend of ours passed away i don't know if you heard about a brewski but gary ryan passed away oh no uh the reason ryan and ryan fame yeah a couple of good guys uh that guy uh mentored me a bit when i first started out and uh was kind of a fun guy to be around and put me on the morning show doing shit so uh yeah was he a fun guy though i mean he was kind of an asshole oh yeah he was a, he, he was an asshole for sure but uh, okay. if he liked you he was an yeah. asshole to other people and it was fun to watch right i was gonna say he was one of those assholes that once he got to know you he was a little bit better but yeah when you were the <laughs> new dj or whatever because nick and i did a lot of overnights um, yeah. so as part of the overnight thing you had to pull certain show prep for the morning guys when they would come in and those first few weeks man i didn't pull things in the exact right you know sitting <laughs> on the right desk or something and bob was always the friendlier of the ryans bob ryan and gary ryan but uh, gary was a little hard-nosed but uh, was a good guy once you got to know him so so yeah, but the, the, this was this was pre um uh, you know fast lane and burns oh god yes yeah yeah these were the good old <laughs> days when nick and i were first at kbsg in seattle it was it was ryan and ryan in the morning it was bob and gary uh not related in any way shape or form but um still it was fun gary used yeah. to come into the studio uh you know they went on the air at 5 a.m so i think they got there about you know 4 30 or whatever and he would uh first couple of weeks that i was doing overnights he would walk in and uh he carried a gun with him <laughs> at all times really in his, usually in his briefcase but he would come in and lay it on the console isn't an hr violation 
No, we knew a few on-air people in Seattle that had guns. I used to go in the men's room, and there'd be a gun sitting on the counter because one of the talk show hosts, you know, needed to take a leak, so he'd take his gun out and stick it on the counter and take a leak. Yeah, these are the 90s. I mean, uh, it was a different world for sure with HR in reference to that. But it wasn't like that station was in a, a bad area, though. You no, know? but when you're on air in a big city, some people hate you, especially it was the Cairo guys, you know, the talk show hosts that would have it in the bathrooms. But uh, And there was, you know, conservatives over there spouting yeah. off bullshit. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Gary used to just show me his gun for the first couple of weeks he worked there. Hell of a guy going to be missed. <laughs> but we went on a uh, cruise for a radio event down to Florida, which is a long flight from Seattle. Gary is a guy that would normally fly first class, but the station or Disney was footing the bill for this. So we're in, you know, just coach. He gets into his seat and it is so small. He is so flipping irritated. As soon as we take off, the guy sitting next to him shits his pants. Like literally shit really? his pants. Yes. And it was obvious that it had some stranger sitting next to him. Yes. <laughs> and it was freaking stinky, dude. And we were on a full plane and he was not able to be moved. And this guy never got up to go to the bathroom to clean himself up at all. And uh, I will never forget just how pissed off he was at the end of that flight because we weren't sitting together. We were sitting up a couple of rows or whatever. He went diaper daddy. No changing of that grown man diaper. That's an understandable reason to be upset on a flight. And I don't know. Does this happen to everyone everywhere? Because, Nick, you have like a dozen stories of people crapping themselves in public. I can't tell if you're just dialed into it or if you're some sort of... What uh, else are my stories? He's a magnet. Public. Well, oh. you've had a, a couple yourselves. You've talked sure. about our, our buddy Dan. Uh, you have this whole theory that 45 to 55-year-old men just crap their pants freely and openly. It's happening more and more. Dan shits his pants in the Home Depot, dude. I mean, well, he's talking his about pants twice in Home Depot. I have zero stories of friends of mine shitting themselves, and you have multiple. That's all I'm saying. So You have one. I you're talking about mine. Well, yeah, there you go. Uh, Bruce shit his pants. I mean, it's people, do, yes. Yeah, yeah it's people I, that I, are not telling you. And now, I was going to say, you pull them out of people. That's the thing. That's the thing. And since we've started discussing this, we found out that uh, you've joined the, you've joined the lineup. I did not crap my pants. <laughs> I was in the woods and uh, decided to go out there like a bear, you know, get uh, out with my Fred Bear roots. But. That's fantastic. You did not. You uh, took my, and you know what? You probably would have shit your pants if it wasn't for my advice. Well, that's fair. I told you. You know, the show is highly educational. I learned how to uh, lean up against a tree and take a dump in the woods. Thanks to Uncle Nick over here. And you you agreed that there was something kind of free about it, right? There when was. Going- yeah, fresh open air. You know, it's uh, it was quite uh, intoxicating. So. Well, there we go. Off to a golden start today, boys, or a brown start, should I say. Exactly. All right, let me finish my list of people that are listening to us around the, the world. Um Please. Rotterdam, Netherlands. Yeah. This week. The Netherlands. That's cool. Rotterdam, you're on the air. Right. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn, New York. That's awesome. The, that's that's New York City, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of the five boroughs, anyways. Yep. yep. Uh, I believe this is the debut of the vocal minority, then, in market number one. Booyah. Take that. So that's awesome. Uh, tell your neighbors, Brooklyn, please. Uh, Carson City, Nevada. Uh, maybe someone I know. 
Um, <laughs> I might have to put some extra effort into getting that listener. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that for sure, right? <laughs> uh, Olympia, Washington, our Seattle market expanding. I don't know if this was your spitting buddy on the airplane, Nick, but yeah, Olympia could have been. Yeah. Um, here's a crazy one Mumbai, India. Oh, nice. Mm. Wow. I'm talking about market number one. That's got to be country number one as far as densely populated. So Mumbai. Sure. And That's if one fantastic. person in Mumbai is listening, probably 10 could hear it standing directly around them. So Probably so. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Omaha, like we were saying, and then uh, several more uh, NorCal, which, again, I can't tell if it's Tahoe people or whatever it is, but uh, some more NorCal. And speaking of Tahoe, I'm wearing one of my uh, favorite uh, ego-boosting shirts today. Uh, you are. I'm famous in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> Who? Why Why did anyone make this shirt? I don't understand. I'm in Lake Tahoe, and yes, the shirt says, I'm famous in Lake Tahoe. I just like Who made it? Myself. Did you make it? I did not make it. It was for sale in all places of a grocery store here years ago. I've n- I seriously don't know why somebody thought this was a shirt that should be made. Well, it's made I'm, just for you, dude. I mean, I uh, come on. you've been complaining as of late about just being a little too famous in Tahoe, right? I'm famous in a nine mile radius. There are three famous people in Lake Tahoe. Two of them are on this show. So <laughs> they made these shirts for us, apparently. So, well, that, you know, that they, they have a shirt that they sell in Tucson of all places that says keep Tucson shitty. And it has this like little character with the mustache that, and they sell a ton of those. Really? And it goes, it, yeah, it goes to why Steve says, why would you sell that shirt? But maybe somebody uh, feels like that, that's something people want to buy. We just uh, talked about me being in Omaha and uh, they got a new state motto as of last year. And that's quite the process. I don't know if you know that, but like <laughs> yeah, you got to right. vote on that shit, right? Yeah. Well, Democrats rigged the election. So what did we pick for them for their state? Would that be Omahaians or Nebraskans and Nebraskans? Omaha's. Yeah. yeah Nebraskans. Uh, listen, this is their state motto. Yeah. Fuck you, libs. <laughs> go, go big red. No, but that was on the list of things to choose. I don't know if it was exactly go big red, but something related to the Cornhuskers was on the list. It should be. Uh, but this is it. Yeah, it should be. Do you know that Lincoln becomes the biggest city in Nebraska when there's a Cornhuskers game? It outdoes the population by quite a bit of Omaha. I don't know anything about anything in in around there. Yeah, what's what's their motto? Omaha. It's not for everybody. Seriously? Yes. And people are like, (laughs) I don't know how it got voted in, but, you know, my brother, we were talking on the way to the airport. I was like, yeah, what's the story with this new state motto? Like I said, it's been around for about a year. He was like, it's bullshit. (laughs) I agree, dude. He's like, it's so I mean, like, yeah, he's I said, it's kind of like Washington to California. Like, don't fucking come here. It's not for everybody. I was going to say that almost does sound like fuck you libs. Yeah. Or like yeah. Omaha, like, eh, you know, eh. <laughs> it's okay. It is what it is. It's not for everyone. <laughs> you know, like we we're, have Omaha. Today. We're working on it. I mean, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's exactly right. I love Omaha, dude. And I think it's more for just the family connection. But, uh, you know, right. I, mean, yeah, I, I guess say. Omaha's not for everybody. But is there anything lovable about Omaha besides your family? Let me tell you that uh, they put our restaurants in Seattle to shame. Good steak, good barbecue there. What do you mean? <laughs> Why would they put them to shame? They're so good. 
Oh my gosh, dude. Every, just the portions or the size of your head or what? No, it's just different restaurants. They have different, I mean, and they may have a chain that's just in Nebraska or just, you know, around their state. Uh, it might creep across a couple of state lines around them, but uh, they just have restaurants that you've never heard of that are very small local chains that are out of this world, mm-hmm. dude. Every place I eat, out of oh, this world. Interesting. I spent very- a week in Wichita, Kansas, back when we first went on the air there. Well, that's. Yeah. I thought I was eating in a third world country. I mean, the food oh, was shockers. miserable. I, I told you that uh, Wichita, and I mean, I mean, no disrespect, but this should be your state motto. Wichita uh, often makes me contemplate suicide. It is the most depressing freaking place in the world. Yeah, Wichita often makes me constipated from your third world food diet. I, I seriously, I don't know what it's like when I ate in England. Like their meat was weird, everything was weird, everything's covered in gravy and too much sauce. And uh, we love you, Wichita, especially the one guy there that's listening to everything we do and stay. But uh, who won't step forward? By the way, what's the deal with that? I don't know. I don't know. He might be in witness protection. So. You know, my grandparents and my uncle. I have some family in Wichita. They, I do too. My uh, grandparents remember- were there. That's right, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, the first time that I went to Wichita as like a 16, 17-year-old and visited, uh, I was eating at a restaurant, and the lady came up to us, and they had a salad bar that was made of plastic that they would like wheel out for certain hours. Nice. Uh, she wheels the salad bar out. Meanwhile, she's walking it out with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. And there's an ash that's about three inches long on it. (laughs) Just waiting to fall off into the salad bar. She walks directly over to our table afterwards and takes our order. Cigarette never left her mouth. That ash continued to grow, dude. And I don't know how it didn't break off and fall, but it never did. That's impressive. And I would assume here in the year 2022, you can still smoke in Wichita, Kansas restaurants while serving people food. I would hope so. That's on their state flag there. Just some old waitress with a big old <laughs> cigarette hanging out. <laughs> Tell they we love you, Wichita. It's just there for extra flavor. I mean, come on. Mm. Right. Yeah, you fucking liberals. <laughs> with your <laughs> rules. <laughs> I, I do like the Nick smokes during our show. We got it's it's a, it's a sort of Mad Men retro feel that Nick's got a smoke uh, hanging out of his mouth. So it was my, always my dream, dude, in radio. I just missed the cut of being able to smoke in the studio, <laughs> and now here I am, dude. Dreams do come true, right? Yep. That's well, it's your own studio. You don't have to worry about someone bitching about you're going to damage equipment or something like that. You know, that's Absolutely. right. No, for sure. Uh, Nick and I were talking this week about the fact that, you know, we thought when we came to the interweb here, we were free of censorship. You know, we've spent our whole careers on the radio with the FCC telling us what we can and can't say. And now I've become uh, uh, painfully aware of the fact that every social media platform has their own different rules of what you can and can't say. I thought the interweb was the Wild West. We could do anything, but apparently not. Everyone's uh, like a private business. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you can't do certain things in certain places. I will say this, that, I mean, we're not that restricted. My brother, one of my brothers was uh, talking to me while I was there this past week, and he was like, boy, some of the stuff you guys talk about. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And he was like, "Uh, I just can't believe you get away with talking about it. And I was like, give me an example. And he was like, "Uh, 
you talking about uh, one of your ex-girlfriends had a rape fantasy. And I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's for sure. It's edgy, but I mean, you know, we're talking and uh, I, I think it's all fine. I, it's not about an actual rape happening. Right. I was like, what was your issue that you saw with it? Aside from just the obvious, you know, it being a little kinky and dirty. He's like, well, that girl could possibly be listening. <laughs> I was like, well. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it happened. Can, I'm not I, making it up. I she can tell you about find, that too. She knows where to find them if she has a problem. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I got some comments on me uh, telling the story of uh, my ex gagging on me and puking after uh, performing oral. <laughs> like, yeah. But I told the story very gingerly, I felt. But, um, you know, here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess in some ways, compared to the radio, we can be a way more graphic and explicit and all that. But I just. The FCC's got some pretty clear rules that I that we've learned how to follow over the uh, over these years of doing the radio show. So now with Twitter having one rule, I mean literally, Twitter banned us for saying slut, and that same video got thousands of views on other platforms. They didn't care at all. Um, Facebook squashed his politics uh, for some reason. Uh, here's a good one: TikTok. Because I did a little experiment. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've done a couple where I post the exact same video now, but I give it different tags, different titles, and I want to see which one does better. Yep. On our gun control one, on the first part of that, on TikTok, I tagged, or I made the audio Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People, the song about school shootings. And and I put some like NRA tags and stuff. TikTok squashed that video. They wouldn't give it, it had zero views. And then I took the exact same video with different tags, and it had hundreds of views right away. Like, different companies manipulate the shit, and they don't tell you. That's the more annoying part. You have to figure it out through trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're 100% right, dude. And I that's the way I equate it. It's, it's just private businesses letting you come and eat in their establishment, and they've got different rules. But it would be nice if they were clear. Yeah, I would like it. I mean, I guess we're just going to keep letting it fr- uh, fly, and then we'll see <laughs> where we get banned and what happens. But yes, yeah. I don't know. As far as the actual podcast goes, I mean, Spotify's been standing up for people's rights to do whatever they want, but I don't know. It, there's the whole shadow banning thing that goes on out there. You know, they uh, a TikTok w- won't tell you you've been banned, but they'll right. just squash all of your content, so then you don't know. I would rather they just told us what's what. Me too. It's like a girl, dude. Just tell me what I'm doing wrong. I'll fix it. Right. So, yeah. Hey, uh, gentlemen, Brewski. Yeah. Gentlemen and Brewski. (laughs) (laughs) Listen up. Do you uh, see anything in my background that you want to make any comments on? I do. Um, I see something. What do you see? I see Nipper. Yes, you right. do, dude. Yeah, we yeah, think it's Nick's, a Nick's got the RCA dog in his background now. Yeah, I've been looking for him for years, uh, and he's expensive to buy. Yes, as very. Is a larger model. Uh, my brother and I, Chris, always go to uh, this antique slash junk shop called the uh, Golden Armadillo, and uh-huh. uh, I'm cruising through the aisles, and I come across this guy. He's, a, he's about a foot tall or just slightly under a foot tall, and he's made of cast iron. He's quality old nipper product, you know? Yeah. And uh, 40 bucks on it, Brewski. That's it? That's that's a steal. Oh, right. my gosh, dude. I ran it up to the front counter, and I was like, uh, I got more shopping to do. Can you hold this for me? Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
So, yeah, no, uh, that was a long search, but I finally got one. Nice. Good come a long way from listening to that old phonograph to now listening to the vocal minority global podcast. That poor dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> that poor dog. He's like, what the hell is this? Where's Gershwin? <laughs> he does look a little cockeyed. Like, what am I listening Ooh. to? <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you that my actual dog, as soon as I brought him in the, you know, the nipper statue, he was like, yeah. he would not leave it alone. He's really curious about why that guy doesn't move. <laughs> he knows it's a dog, but it's really funny. That's cool. No, nice find. You're Thank stacking you. up your background nicely. Yeah, very nice. Thank yeah. you, champions. Yes. Champion! Um, let's see. Uh, where should we go? I do have some comments to read from the vocal minority. We've been talking about social media posts. Uh, we have some personal updates. We have some news stories going on. I've got some interesting health and fitness news we're going to cover today. So I think all of that sounds nice. tremendous. But if we're going to make a vote, I uh, want to get into personal stuff from Steve. I thought you might. Yes. Okay. Bruski, so. what's your vote? I'm I'm with you on that one hundred percent. Okay. All right. All right. Well, where uh, would you like to guide me through this, or what do you what do you want? Uh, yes, I can. I can guide you through it. What are fact. you What are you curious about? You tell me, and I'll tell you. Well, uh, here's the deal. Yeah. Ruski was listening to a song and realized that the lyrics in this song very much match what you've had going on here for the last week with a particular woman. And uh, I would just like to play. It's just about a minute. I just want you to listen to the lyrics of this song and see if you find it fitting. Now, Steve, you know, I'm not a big lyrics fan, but okay. I know, but you can know when they pertain to you. Okay. If I can uh, understand them. I don't know yes. what this is. So. Oh yeah. Steve had a uh, little, Menage a trois. <laughs> no, <Wow. didn't. laughs> Get your French right. Come on. Steve had a little rendezvous. There you go. Hey, nice with job. A, I think yeah, that is thank French. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, he had a little rendezvous with a woman that was a long time coming. Mm. I can't hear that for some reason. Yeah, I can barely hear it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's weird. Be, be it's garbling in it out. It's doing that weird audio thing. Oh, but is boy. that fucking Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone? Here, dude. Well, ominous. Can you, I, hear I, can you hear it now? It should be "I'm All Right" by Kenny Loggins. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go. I feel the need. Deep Just listen to those lyrics. I'll analyze. where you're going with this is this a, a legitimate thing you two got together and said we should turn this into the boner zone <laughs> or are you implying i'm heading off the the cliff to a danger zone? no what no we- i i i reached up to nick and i had said that <laughs> i thought that 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 would be fitting i wait to the boner it. zone yeah 
Wow, you guys have some good conversations when I'm not around. <laughs> I want to know exactly. I was driving when I came, when I came up with that too. Wow, that's a good song. Mission, and you fell into the boner zone, and it's been a while since you've been in that zone. So I, I would love to know all about it. Well, listen, as previously mentioned on this show, I'm in a, a five month sexual drought, which is just way too long for this guy. Uh, but the rains fell last week. The, the flood has happened. The drought is over. Fantastic. And that's all, dude. That's all you're <laughs> going to say about it? I don't know. I don't know how much detail uh, a true gentleman champion would be giving out. But, um, yeah. Uh, let me know when you find one of those. <laughs> right? Listen, this harness Steve, is back on I the horse again. I want to know about the date. I want to know, uh, more importantly, I, I suppose I'm glad that the rains fell, okay? Yeah, uh, me We don't too. have to dive into the boner zone any further than that. But what I do want to know yep. is how has things been coming along with her enjoying our program and finding out your picadillos and all of <laughs> the things that you have in your mind? about her yeah there's a lot going on there so you know on on date number three which i i did do the uh apparently classic guy thing of inviting her to the house and cooking dinner oh boy i did a very nice (laughs) meal thank you very much Uh, listen some cliches are cliches for a reason and some stereotypes are true right so i don't know (laughs) you're right you're not trying to be a typical guy but that's what i did and uh so yeah we started off talking about the uh the old vocal minority show and the revelations of it and uh, me talking about going on other dates and all that kind of stuff and you know uh, essentially we agreed that until something else is a factor in this world that it should not be a factor and i haven't gone on dates with anyone else yet and um so i like you you like me and uh yeah so we uh we proceeded along with our evening and i had told nick i had, I had, I had intended on not escalating things i was going to intentionally draw a line in the sand and I don't know, trying to make some principled stance or not look like I was a dirtbag, but it didn't end up that way. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of a lot of love in the air, a lot of passion, a lot of chemistry going on there. And who am I to uh, dispute science, right? Yes. Well, we had some interesting conversation on the last uh, vocal minority episode about testing, and she listened to that, right? She did, yes, and she has been tested. I did not ask for a paperwork copy because I just don't seem, I don't know, just seems wrong to me. But It just seemed to me that after uh, I found out that she listened to that, just like Charlie, I thought to myself, why well, I shouldn't be talking about these things. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's This show has become an easy way for me to communicate with friends and family around the country. I just <laughs> talk about it here, and they listen and give me their feedback. Right. and so, you know, I'm disease-free. I've got a vasectomy. Uh, it's it's the best form of safe sex there is, if you ask me. And um, so, yeah, you know, things uh, things escalated. And, um, you know, she ended up staying all night, and things were nice. Steve was things supposed to uh, give me a telephone call when he dropped her back off at home because he went and picked her up. I didn't get the phone right. call. Didn't get the phone call. Then about midnight, 1230, he texted me and he was like, she's staying over. I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, like, you <laughs> yeah. I'm alive. She's still here. I'm For alive. your safety, Steve, your safety. Yes. Right. Yeah, no, everything was safe. Uh, I will say I was not impressed with uh, my performance of the night, the five-month drought. I'm, I'm a little out of practice, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get there, though. I, I think that's safe. okay, dude. Are you beating yourself up about it? 
Uh, I've been beating myself up too much, apparently, so <laughs> I've lost my technique. <laughs> no, I was uh, – listen, you never want to say sorry after sex, but uh, I may have implied, like, yeah, that wasn't my best A game. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it was uh, acceptable and average by uh, my normal so, guy standards. So. so you're saying your hip game was off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The uh, normally I'm a I'm a distance runner. This was more of a sprint. <laughs> well, you know uh, how uh, how long is your sprint? Uh, you know, a couple of minutes. I mean, it was it was nothing. I mean, we're talking to straight on like foreplay and all that stuff. The the whole thing was a little longer, but yeah, sure. sure. As far as the actual main show, yeah, I didn't last more than a few minutes. So. <laughs> well, you know what happens. I yeah. mean, yeah, you, you know, you you haven't made that trip in a while, and sometimes things things kind of you know get accelerated it's true i mean literally i went from being like you know an olympic distance runner like peak of my athletic you know career and then uh yeah taking five months sitting on the couch didn't do me any good but listen yeah. dude what do you if you had to guess yeah. what do you think that the average time spent with penetration is uh perfect for a woman 30 seconds <laughs> you know you may not be too far off tremendous play by brewski I saw some video the other day where some, it was like, you know, street interviews and this one guy, I don't know what his channel or name is, but he interviews a lot of hot chicks and like Vegas or LA, like major cities, New York yeah. city or whatnot. And, and he was asking them like, how long should a guy last in bed for what you just said? Like the actual, you know, penetration and most women's answers were like, oh, if he could last two minutes, that'd be great. Like, I'm just like, holy, that's your bar two or three minutes. So apparently that must be somewhere around the average few minutes I the guess. six minutes is the average that women mm. prefer interesting do they right. really prefer or is their guy standing next to them when they answer that question no this was taken well it's an article i read i mean <laughs> it's an, it's an article that people were interviewed for so i i can't speak to the world population don't fact check me but for this article i was reading they said uh the average time was uh six minutes yeah. that's Actually, what i preferred you know, listen, if you're mixing it in with all the proper foreplay and everything else, then I suppose six minutes might be uh, get the job done. But um, How long, uh, when prefer. you say you're running a marathon, I mean, uh, last marathon I ran slash walked took me three hours and 26 minutes. Wait, what What are you saying? You had straight on sex for three and a half hours? Uh, no, he's, I, he's talking I, about a marathon, a real marathon. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, that's impressive, dude. <laughs> yeah, I had to no. stop and eat lunch halfway through. Um, <laughs> Uh, my, uh, I would prefer like six minutes per position and, uh, you know, four or five positions going on. So you really? want around 30 minutes or 35 minutes, somewhere around there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's I just want to get in, get out and then go to sleep. Are you a sex offender? Well, not for very long. <laughs> I've not been prosecuted anywhere. So, listen, yeah. I'll tell you this: when you talk about, uh, oh, that's impressive. Uh, I had uh, a girlfriend, and uh, we were doing the nasty, and I, I went for I, I probably. We stopped a few times and started again, but yeah. it was over a four and a half hour period, and I was trying everything to be able to finish, yeah. and I just could not. Yep. It wasn't impressive in the respect of like, boy, that guy can really hang on. I just couldn't make it happen, Captain. 
Yeah, yeah and sometimes, yeah, you get to a point where it's like, okay, this is enough already. Um, I have this thing. I, it's a mental zone I get into. Like when you first dive on in there, there's the immediate urge, right? So sure. if I can kind of work through that and avoid, you know, blowing my load too quickly, then yeah. I get in this porn star zone of like, I'm kind of numb down there. So I can just kind of keep going and going. And then there are times, there's been a, there's been a once or twice where someone's been like, you know, are, are you going to finish? <laughs> like, we're good. But, um, you know, for the most part, no, right, exactly. I can, um, I can, I, you know, I can go for a while and then, you know, finish strong and all that. And it, it makes for an exhausting marathon of, sex and get those uh, you know, get, get those vinegar strokes going vinegar strokes what's a vinegar what stroke oh yeah it's, so the vinegar strokes that that's the slang these days for uh the face that a guy makes just as he's about to blast off and it's akin <laughs> it's akin to if you take a, a glass a, a bottle of vinegar and put it under your nose what would happen like your face would look like like your eyes squinting and everything like that is this what you're learning driving Uber from the kids? Where the hell? Vinegar no, actually, I got, I, I got that from a TV show called The League, and um, uh, there's a character on there called Taco, and he was talking about the vinegar strokes and, of course, three, three penis wine and, and stuff like that. Um, but um, I was just introduced to The League this uh, past weekend, and, boy, I got I to gotta watch the show. It's Taco is hysterical. Well, you, something you need to keep in mind about that show is that it's – semi-scripted like only a quarter of what you see on the show is scripted they okay. just let they just let them go and they give them like these loose guidelines so it's a show about these guys who are all friends that are in a fantasy football league right and they never and the, stop yeah and, and the thing, but the thing about it is is that it's less about sports uh, than, than it is about their lives and that sort of thing and sure. uh i mean i i know women who hate sports but love that show because it's it's really hilarious mm. yeah it seems to be but vinegar face i'd never heard before. vinegar strokes vinegar, vinegar strokes vinegar strokes that's when you go goblin mode on somebody and then you get vinegar strokes they they, 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 mentioned, terminology. It also, they, they mentioned it also that that term on uh workaholics Mm. Well, I'm not familiar with it, but uh, I'll I'll take a picture next time, and you tell me if it uh, matters. No, no, that that's okay. <laughs> you uh, do you have time for a personal question, Stephen? Uh, I've got at least another two hours, so yes. Listen, that's what we're here for personal questions with Stephen. That could be what? the name of the show, actually. <laughs> personal questions with Stephen. Uh, when you are playing by yourself, mm, yes. Do you have a typical spot that you do it? my abdomen what do you what, what spot i want to know do you beat off oh. in the kitchen do you beat off in <laughs> oh, your bedroom? like i want to know geographically where I yeah like yeah okay. i want to know where uh yeah bed I, I don't need exotic locations for myself alone you and lay down frankly, on your bed um usually yeah usually okay sometimes depends what mental game i'm in sometimes i need to assume the correct position like as if i'm in uh you know doggy style mode Really? Yeah. Sometimes uh. just, it, it's like practicing free throws. It doesn't matter if you're actually throwing the ball. It just helps with the motion. So, uh, so you're yeah, practicing. It, it depends. I'm basically saying I'm standing as opposed to sitting. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. 
Brewski, yeah. why are you wondering this? Do you have a That's location? the personal question I want to ask for you. <laughs> why is this what you wonder? <laughs> Where does harness beat off at? Listen. And quite frankly, even sex, <laughs> I prefer a bed. Like, every now and again, it's fun to go to some different location. But a bed is its comfortable. It's easy. There's no sharp corners. You got all the space in the world. Like, I, it may be vanilla in some ways, but, um, you know, I, I, I put some sprinkles on it, splice it up. Brewski, do you have a spot? Like, uh, do you always do the same spot? No, I, I actually, th- there's a, a restroom at a McDonald's near my house that I'm, I'm pretty um, fond of. And I'll, I'll usually go to, I'll, I'll do it after I have lunch. Nice. That's a happy meal right there. Yeah. <laughs> what? You do what? No, you no, no. You off at McDonald's, dude? Are you a sex offender? Yes, we solved well, the mystery. Come on, White Castle would be a little kiddo at McDonald's. I guess. That's classy. No, no, no. I, generally, it's, it's, it's at home, obviously, and it's in. Is it uh, on the bed behind you? you right now <laughs> pretty much yeah ah, we're bringing the worlds together this is fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna end the show with an only fans portion brewski so you can just pan your camera over and make a few bucks for us so <laughs> wow. uh, nick do you have a, uh, a, a, a position a place where, where where are you doing this yeah, I've got... Uh, or is your married life so fulfilling that you haven't done it in 14 years? So. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. dude. But if I was going to do that, I'll tell you this. Uh, yeah, I've got two I've got two spots, all right? Okay. One of them is in the shower, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. The second one is standing up in front of my vanity, in front of the mirror, so I can huh. stare at myself. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful people. That's kind of like a little uh, two-way. It's you and your buddy Nick. Do you ask yourself, would you fuck me? I would fuck me. <laughs> yeah, you're looking good. Looking good today, Nikki. Yeah. Wow. Let's Listen, dude, hairdo. that's not I'm, – I'm, I'm lying to you, and I don't want to lie to you, but uh, – <laughs> Please don't. I, I heard about uh, this new uh, phenomenon. <laughs> okay, oh you want to hear the new phenomenon, Brewski? Do you subscribe Absolutely. to Phenomenon yes. Weekly? I mean, where do you get all these things Steve from? Steve has already yes. checked out. Brewski, listen to this new phenomenon. Okay. <laughs> you stand and masturbate in front of a mirror so okay. you can see – what your explosion face is okay why, why, okay if you're doing it right she doesn't see it either though she's usually facing away that's just me though so. that's just your uh, that's is that yeah. your, is that your thing doggy only no not only but you know when i get into that zone i was talking about i need i need visual stimulation to be able to then finish off and that is probably my favorite position so when mm-hmm. a woman bends over in front of me it's you know the the green light's ready i just got to well, finish off there so that's that's nine times out of ten quite often how it, it does end yes see for me i i need that eye contact like I need mm. you to be looking up at me, or 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 okay. vice versa, or me looking up at her, you yeah. know. And I need that that eye contact and make that that intense kind of like we're in this in this zone together, you know. You're a passionate man. I like that. Yes. I Here's like a question too. for you, Nick. If I can ask you a personal question. Sure, dude. Bring it. 
you've referenced on this show your your mental spank bank that you've pulled up some exploits from the past. Sure. I I I do not have a mental spank bank. I cannot jerk off without visual stimulation. I can't really? go to the repertoire. I mean, unless I'm stuck on a oh. desert island or something, no. Like, I don't care if it's a Sears catalog. I need something to look at. Oh, so I, I have no spank bank repertoire. Now, I will seek out porn or something that maybe reminds me of a situation, but I can't. Mm. I need something to look at. I can't just do it mentally. Interesting, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that probably comes from uh, the the time in which we grew up in. I mean, porn was not accessible. What did you do when you were a teenager? Well, I think I've talked about this on the show before that, you know, porn back in those days was uh, a coveted thing. It was like the Raiders of the Lost Ark. If somebody oh, yeah. it in the neighborhood, you know, we would share the same Playboy, the same VHS tape. We used to have a central spot in the woods where we hid porn at. It was like a, you know, take one, leave yeah. one sort of system. <laughs> you know, So, yeah, I get that. But, you know, uh, I, I used to steal Playboys from my dad. I mean, I, you know, and yeah, the one VHS tape I would hold on to for seven years or whatever. <laughs> So I can turn the spank bank on immediately. Really? Yeah, me, me too. I can. Yeah. Well, what's the preference? If it's a, if if you've got either, do you, do you is spank bank nine times out of ten, or do you need visual? Depends how much time I have and and where I am, <laughs> who's home. Sometimes you're tight on time, huh? Sometimes I'm tight on time. You know, it's a quick shower. I'm in a hurry or whatever. You know, it may be, but yeah, obviously in the shower I can't bring a video in there. No, you, no. no I have. So. You have? What iPads do you mean? are a wonderful device. <laughs> you stick that bad boy up in a corner or shelf or wow. oh, outside okay. the shower or something. Sure. Oh, you're better than me, dude. Dude, I, here, here's a funny, pathetic story that I haven't thought of in forever, but you mentioning that just triggered this. Wow. I, you know, as a kid, you know, we were talking about stealing Playboys and whatnot, and I was a big comic book collector, and comic books have the plastic sleeves that you store your comic books in to keep them preserved. <laughs> I took a page out of a Playboy and put it in one of those plastic sleeves so I could hang it on the wall in the shower. That's huh. how ingenuitive I am. Wow, dude. You need that visual stimulation. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It's funny. I've told, you know, whenever someone comes and sees my house, they all notice the same thing. Like, you've got stuff everywhere. And I say, like, I like visual representations of things that make me happy. Sure. And apparently my, my porn habits are the same way. Like, I need visual stimulation. So, yeah. If you close your eyes right now, you can't mm. see what you were doing last week. Sure, but I, 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 it's not enough. Hmm. Again, I would then go seek out some porn that looks that like that you. situation. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> whether it's position or it's outside or whatever it was. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty common for me, actually. I tend See, to find, like, porn stars that look like people I'm with, so I'm like, all right, you know, let me pull her up. and I feel like I'm being more true to my person because I'm really thinking about you, but I'm just kind of visually referencing this other person. Because yeah. that's true, actually. I, I, I look at porn, but I'm actually thinking about then whoever I'm with or doing that thing to that person. No way. I, I when I when I even when I was with <laughs> Jen, if 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 I'm if I'm jerking it, I'm thinking of other things. I mean, I'll I'll there have been friends of hers that I would whack off to and and not think about her in the least at all. Really? Absolutely. And I still loved her. And yeah, no, I get it. I get you it. Know what I, but, but it's just... Um, but do you need it, the visual stimulation, or is it all... No, uh, no, no. There are, there are certain people... Uh, more, there are people that 
completely do it for you. I mean, co-workers, friends, uh, well, friends of hers and that sort of thing. And absolutely. Yeah. The checkout person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll load up anything in that bank, Brewski. Not anything. Not, not anything. I mean, the, like there are people when I worked at KJR, you know, there, there, there were some, uh, some of Tell those. Me, name one of them, dude, please. That, that, wor- <laughs> that worked. In, that worked in sales. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, you don't have to do it, dude. I don't want to. But the, 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 initial, the initials are MM. Hmm. MM. Well, let's. Uh, no. One shot. Michelle. Megan. Megan. <laughs> he, he said it himself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Although you know what else too? Though at, at the at the buzz at the buzz, Nick knows who who my my lady was over at the buzz. I don't Remind remember any ladies there. Oh, the sales world. That one blonde, right? No, oh, yes. I know no, who you're talking not, about, I not, think. I think. J- JT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, That's yeah. who I was thinking of. You really oh. like her, dude. Hey, oh, cry me a river. I'm a big, big JT fan, too, man. He's hot. So. Oh, she you was talking about Justin was, Timberlake. I got lost. No, she was, she no, was, we are not. I, I would say I, I thought she was hotter when she was before she lost the weight. Mm, Agreed, Brewski. Agreed. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, and this is in all honesty, I've never had, and maybe this is why Rachel's my wife, you know, for more than, uh, obviously for more than this reason, but, like, I never had a relationship before where my spank bank included the person I was with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's only retro. It's never current. Correct. Or, I mean, somebody in those days of someone who I would run into and think, wow, you know, like a checkout person or a waitress or something like that. Uh, But most of it was just retro people that I had been with before. Hmm. But when I got together with Rachel... Uh, she dominated my spank bank, and I have a very, very, uh, I, I can delete, I can move files around, <laughs> you, you know. Got a yeah. hard catalog going up there. That's yeah, nice. I got a full-on catalog, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's odd how the person I have sex with currently is my spank bank. Uh, I think that's a good images. thing, yeah. You think it's a good thing? I mean, yeah, I, I, I so. it's. I like it. I, and I it's like training people, or something. So. What's that? I said it's kind of like training. Like I, I'm prepping for the the real show, like doing yeah. vocal warm ups before you go on stage. So I'm trying to keep it in my wheelhouse of where I'll end up at. All right, yeah. Gosh, we've learned a lot about each other. Yes, we have. Well, yes. all right. Any more questions? Yes, <laughs> I would like to know. Uh, do you have anything else set up with uh, Valley Girl? Yes, yeah, we got a big uh, holiday celebration coming up tomorrow night that I've been uh, very much looking forward to all this week. I plan to, A, uh, make sure I bring my A game, but um, yeah, we're just going to cut loose and have some fun, have some drinks, come home, and just spend time together. Hanging at the uh, Harness Chalet again, or what? Yep, we're going to my uh, my favorite bar in town, we're going to have some food, we're going to have some good cocktails, and then, uh, yeah, just come home and just spend the night home in. Yeah. Just nice night. hanging out. How about a clean bed for this champion? Uh, my bed will be clean and ready. So, uh, you know. Um, yeah. It, it'll just be a night of indulgence. That is the way I prefer to spend my holiday celebration. So that's what we'll be doing. Fantastic, dude. I hope you have a good time. Uh, glad you're digging on Valley Girl. So yeah. far, so good. You know? Totally. Everything, 
Everything in the sure. here and now is going well. So that's she, all I'm she, about. So she seems totally tubular? Totally <laughs> tubular, man. It's funny. When I told her her name was Valley Girl, she was like, what? Like, she took it that way. Like, egg me with a spoon, totally tubular. I'm like, no. That's you great, the, though. You live it. Well, it's a little condescending to call her. No, you know, it's not. I don't think so. It implies ditziness, I think. But she lives in oh. the valley around here. So oh, that's gotcha. why she's the Valley Girl. Right. So, yeah. And I will say, she uh, she has some makeup or she does like a little glitter. And uh, like I had glitter all over me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, kind of felt like you were coming home from the strip club, dude. A little bit. A little bit. And so. Coming to the stage. It's Diamond. Diamond. Yeah. You know why she has glitter on? No. No. Why? So you can't be with any other. So you can't be with any other women. They'll be like, oh, you definitely came. She's marking you. Oh, She's right. marking her territory, dude. Mark Gentlemen, away. if you want to see the scenery, you got to part with the greenery. There you go. So yeah, so so far so good. And um, yeah, the Christmas break is coming up here. I got kids all next week, so uh, this is my last weekend of uh, bachelorness before uh, the holidays. And uh, well, before Christmas, anyways, the week of Christmas to New Year's, I'll be free and I'll be out doing shenanigans. But nice, yeah. But yeah, so. You know, I, I, I said a month ago that maybe by Christmas time, maybe I would actually have someone in my life. And uh, turns out I do. Very and nuts. we're adorable. I mean, we're, we're texting during the day and stuff. I mean, um, you know, we're, we're keeping boundaries. We haven't, you know, declared anything official. But um, Good. Good for you. She's a nice person. She hates it when I say that, but uh, she's very nice. And after being with somebody who's not very nice for many years, that's uh, that's a big turn on right there. So. Yeah, well, it's something you need in your life, something you deserve, dude. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad that there is uh, no nothing set in stone for either of you at this point. Okay? Yeah, that's the name of the game. I'm trying to do this correctly. Back in the dating world, and, um, you know, but um, for now. Um, yeah. Like I talked about with my therapist this week, you know, the first few months, you never know what's going to come up. Um, yeah, little things, big things, just take a day at a time and see where things go. You may be worried about something, you know, I referenced, uh, you know, things in people's pasts uh, have got a bad habit in my relationships of biting me in the ass eventually. But, you know, my shrink was basically saying, before you worry about somebody's past, why don't you worry about the present? Make sure you guys are compatible socially, sexually, morally, (laughs) like get through all the normal things. Then you can start deep diving and dissecting things. So just enjoy the time, dude. Enjoy the time. Exactly. So, yeah, no, tomorrow night's going to be nice. Friday night in uh, Lake Tahoe where I'm famous, and uh, we're going to my spots, and, yeah, it's going to have a nice night in. Hey, this dude, if one, I Brian, lived just, there in yeah. Lake Tahoe, how long would you wait to introduce me to someone you were dating? Well, you could get in right away. You know, uh, my kids are on a waiting list. Um, well, I'm he, sure things are yeah. you know, real and all that. But but no, I mean, you know, I think it was my first date or maybe my second date with Jamie, my my ex-wife. I, I took her to meet Nick right away. So, no, if she was around, I, I would introduce her to both of you guys for sure. All right. Well, good. If she was around. Correct no, if you were around, I would introduce you <laughs> to him right away. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that basically what we're doing on the show anyways. I mean, you guys have uh, seen pictures and we're talking all about it. So uh, yeah. I'm trying to get to, trying to get input. So, so yeah. So, so far, so good. Merry well, Christmas. good luck. What are you doing for dinner number two? Steve has turned into a chef. Ah. Uh, we're eating out tomorrow night. So. Oh, that's no, right. No yeah. home cooking. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You having pizza? We're going to the cocktail corner. So if any crazy listeners want to call me there, uh, I'll be there tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> what time? 
Yeah, you, you, uh, you, you just start dialing and hope for the best. So, yeah. all right, I'll do it. There's a phone call for you, Mr. Harness. Right. Yeah. yeah never that's done wonderful. That, so. Yeah, you loved it when that happened, dude. You know what? The only reason you didn't like that is because you had to somehow explain it to the girl you were with. <laughs> Aside from that, you loved it. Yeah, it, it was fun and funny. That, that one was a little stiff about our shenanigans in the world of radio. Others would have understood it better, but correct. So. Uh, speaking of turn-ons and all that kind of stuff, let me just ask you a, a, a current pop culture question to find out if I'm a perv or not. Have you guys seen the Have you guys seen the Wednesday Adams dance from the new Netflix show? Nope. You, have you seen this on TikTok, Netflix, uh, Facebook? The the video of her dancing at this like. I don't know, high school prom or something, I guess. I don't know no. who she is. I don't even know who you're talking about. Really? It's all yeah. over the TikTok. I can't believe you haven't seen it on there, at least. No, I haven't I'm like, seen anything. Well, this is going to be hard to answer then, but I'm like wildly turned on by this woman dancing as Wednesday Adams. Like, I'm it's got this the- like It's got this Pulp Fiction-y sort of vibe to it, and uh, damn, I don't know if it's supposed to be hot or not, but it really is. And I'm seeing it all over TikTok, so I'm assuming other people are on the same page as I am, but... Now I feel weird. Oh, I said, you know what it kind of looks like, Steve? It kind of looks like um, in Thriller, the Michael Jackson video. There, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a thing that they that the zombies kind of yeah. do, and, and that's the thing. You think about the, the arms going back and forth, and they throw their head thing. back, and everything. it's a very chunky, awkward dance, and it's got a little Pulp Fictiony vibe, and you know, with the the swaying and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know. Nick and Bruce are both pulling it up online now. Is well, this think, it? Uh, can you see my screen? Is this yeah, what it that's is? Her. I mean, that's okay. her doing the dance with the actual thing behind her. But that—that's the actress, and that's the dance. Well, and, and, cute. I, and I and I think she's—it's supposed to be awkward because it's Wednesday Adams, right? But it turns out like it's supposed to be awkward, but it's like overtly sexual to me. <laughs> Anyways, maybe that's. I gotcha. Me. I think, like you said, uh, it is kind of Pulp Fiction-y, and that whole dancing with John Travolta and Uma Thurman is the one you're referring to, kind of. Uh, I found that to be really sexy, you know. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. I had never seen that. No, it's... You know, this actually actually looks like it has a little bit of a a flamenco-type thing as well, when her arms are up in the air. You know, and well, I, I, I saw a, choreo- a choreographer break it down, and she's actually combining like multiple different dances into this one, you know, weird routine. Sure. But yeah, it's it, that's the other thing. Like, it's Wednesday Adams from the Adams family, and in the original TV show, Wednesday was like twelve or something. So that's why it yeah. feels slightly creepy. This girl, I mean, the actress is over eighteen, but I don't know in the show if this is a high school dance she's at or what. But yeah, it's supposed to be sort of awkward, but then it just is like sexy as shit. <laughs> so. And, and what, I, I think I can get Rachel to do that dance for me. What, what show is this from, Steve? It's uh, the uh, it's, it's called Wednesday. It's on Netflix now. It's it's the Adams Family remake by Tim Burton. Uh, of course, everything's dark. Of course, yes, exactly. I should have done that. Yeah, I've I've yet to watch the actual show. I'm hearing good reviews about it, and uh, Fred Armisen plays uh, Uncle uh, Finster. What's his name? Fester. Fester, Fester. So, and he shaved his head bald for it. And interesting. Uh, Ava, no, what's her name? I don't know. The the mom. It's all like famous people. And yeah, Tim Burton did it. And but yeah, I've seen this dance on TikTok. And now there's a bunch of girls like trying to mimic it on TikTok. So you know TikTok. Once you watch one video, they start showing you the same thing over and over. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I watched it for the first time. I'm like, this is a weird, awkward dance. And then like five seconds in, I'm like, damn, she's kind of hot. <laughs> like, what's oh, going on here? so it's it's Catherine Zeta Jones yes, as Morticia. 
and Louis Guzman as Gomez. Mm-hmm. And I see Christina Ricci's in the show, too. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, and then, she's uh, Marilyn Manson's ex, right? Her and Marilyn no. Manson dated. Christina Ricci. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. And then Jenna it's Ortega a- plays the part of Wednesday Adams. Yeah, it's a whole dark gothic sort of feel to the show. But yeah, I don't know. I saw that thing on TikTok. I'm like, damn, am I a pervert? Because she's kind of hot. So. Catherine oh, no. Zeta-Jones, dude, uh, has always turned my crank, and especially in High Fidelity. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brewski. Me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you're, 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 you're. No, she I like Brewski's she... reviews like that. Yeah, right. What do yeah, you say? In, in high fidelity, or just in general, you're not into Catherine. Oh no, no. That, I, you know what it was? Is I wasn't thinking solely about what you look like. I was thinking of the character Charlie itself. Yeah, I mean, she oh. was a, a cunt in that movie for sure. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, you know, who I, I don't. I I still can't get over is why the hell was Rob stuck on uh, on what's her name there, Laura. The, the woman they had play Laura is ugly. Well, I like, think it's representative of, you know, your current, the most recent breakup you tend to hang on to for a while. Oh, I know, but she's so unattractive. Yeah, even well, he, even Healy or something like that. I don't she think was, she's ugly, but... She uh, yes, I, I thought she was. Really? Well, yes. I thought she was ugly, too, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, all, it was more of the story, right? I get of it, yeah. Exactly what Steve's saying, like, you hung up on your ex and... Indeed. Yeah, dude. No, Marie, Marie, watch that Wednesday Adams video. Maybe you can add it to your spank bank. So. Yeah. You know who I was thinking of, Brewski, is Marilyn Manson dated uh, uh, Rose McGowan. Rose That's McGowan, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. remember, Ro- Rose McGowan was one of the the um, Harvey Weinstein women. That, oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she said she was blacklisted because she came out, she spoke out against Harvey Weinstein. This was just prior to him having charges brought up against them. Is he dead? Did we lose no, him? No, he's, he's still in prison. Okay. And yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, he just had some charges he had to face recently. Yeah, had some new ones. But yeah. Even longer. It's good. I hope he d- you know, dies a slow, miserable, painful death in prison. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. The, 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 the thing Do you guys know me- Sam Morelli, the comedian? Yeah, I heard of him. He's got a great bit about that. You know, everything Harvey Weinstein did is terrible. It's bad. But I'm not going to lie. I've watched porn that is the exact same scenario. The woman on the casting couch trying to get in the movies. Like, so I admonish him, but I have jerked off to the exact same thing he did. <laughs> you know? yeah, but yours was fantasy. His was reality. So. Yeah, sure. I'm sure none of that happens in the porn industry. They're probably just filming the actual, uh, you know, the exploitation. It, well, saves, I think, it saves money, really. Just I think, put the it, woman, film it, and put it out there. But I, th- I, th- I think, though, the whole thing with the casting couch was it's usually women who are just trying to get their first break. Like, once you get that first break, you know, you should yeah, not be, you're not expected anymore. Yeah, to keep, he, he made to the keep famous doing ones that. do it. Yeah, to I keep doing that, yeah. I'm not defending Harvey Weinstein in any way. <laughs> although I will say this right now, yeah. they say that Nancy Reagan was, gave the best blowjob in all of Hollywood back in the old days. What, what are you talking about? Who's wow. they, first of all? I, no, I was going to say, where are you hearing this? Uh, I think it's Joey Bishop, who is one of the people, the guys from the Rat Pack. And as a matter of fact, if you if you look it up, um, and I'll pull it up right here, there are a lot of people that said wow. that. Wow. I've yeah. never heard that anecdote. It makes me look at uh, Just Say No, a whole new way. As a, ma- as a matter of fact. Uh, d- <laughs> just Say Blow. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, it says there's a Slate.com has a, a thing. Nancy Reagan oral sex explained. 
let's see. Oh, Nancy Reagan was known in Hollywood for giving the best blowjobs. It's, wow. it's right here. Wow. Well, if it's on Slate, then it must be real. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the articles as, as well. Yeah. But there, there are a lot of people uh, that huh. were talking about, and, and in general, they were talking about like sex lives of old Hollywood stars and um, who did what. And uh, as a matter of fact, there's a great book called Full Service by this guy named Scotty Bowers. And he's got some stories in there about Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy, Cole Porter, the Cole Porter thing where he had like something like 24 Marines lined up and he blew each and every one of them one after another. It's just like just going down the line. Yeah. Well, you do some interesting reading. This is good. I'm glad you're on the show to bring this knowledge. Well, I never would have this thought never would have crossed my mind that Nancy Reagan was the blowjob master. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I think it was Joey Bishop. I gotta see who said it. Um, but Joey Lawrence. But yeah. Oh, well, that would be Whoa. even better. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa, oh, Nancy! Say no to drugs. Say yes to blowjobs. Yeah. That is funny. Well, uh, she deserves a wing in the Reagan Library then. I believe they called like the 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 throat queen or something like that. Wow, dude, wow. this is a stark contrast to <laughs> the things I've heard about Nancy Reagan. After uh, who died first, Ronnie or Nancy? Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah. Then they had all the love letters and you know this beautiful romance, and you're talking about her deep throating our president. Wow! Oh, that's a Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of Hollywood, and and supposedly, like, like I, I think she even did Sinatra. Which, if she did that, that's talent right there. Because Ava Gardner always said that Sinatra was 120 pounds, and and 105 uh, and 15 of it was his cock. Nice. Wow. Really? Yeah. That yeah, tiny Sinatra, man had a big horse stick, huh? Yeah, so Sinatra actually had uh, custom underwear made that that held his penis back because he was self conscious about it. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. Well, and we've talked about the Milton Berle thing with, with Howard Stern. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. you guys know who Ronan Farrow is? Are you up on yeah. this whole controversy thing? Mm. Yeah. yeah. It, the, the, whether, you know, because apparently uh, Woody Harrels or Woody Allen is his dad, but obviously Frank Sinatra is his dad. Yeah. Because Mia Farrow had an affair with Frank Sinatra back she, you know, she was married to years. him. She was oh, married yeah. to him. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yes. I mean, Ronan Farrow, if you put his picture next to Frank Sinatra, he is clearly Frank Sinatra's son. I mean, yeah, he just looks nothing like Woody Allen. I wonder <laughs> if he looks like Frank Sinatra from the waist down, though. That would be the truth teller. That's what you really want. I don't know. That's interesting. Well, this I had this conversation with my brother just this past week, dude. I don't know that that's uh, Ronan what Farrow's really cock. What? No, but what <laughs> Brewski said, that's what you really want. I don't know that I want a horse dick. Oh, I'll take my chances. What do you mean? You you want it? You would trade yours for another? Yeah, yeah of course I would. Listen, in my discussions with women out there, there definitely is too big. I, I, I've talked to a few women who have said, like, you know, it can be too big for sure. But also too small is no good. So there's Eggs. certainly a sweet spot in there where you want to be above average but not ridiculous. Okay. I, I, here's something for you. So I, I used to be friends with this couple while, and um, one time the husband, well, the boyfriend of the couple says, Hey, you want to help, you know, come over and help me double team Sue. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Right. So I go over there right now. I had known, I had <laughs> is this a up- joke or is this a real story? <laughs> this is a real story. Okay. This is- you have a very different life than I do. And, and so uh, some guy asked you to come over and double team with his wife. 
Well, here's the thing though. So I, I his girlfriend, and <laughs> and the thing about it was, oh, I banged I banged this girl from before he did. Like we, she and I used to hook up every so often before she met this guy, and we we okay. became we became friendly because we were in the same social circle and that sort of thing. Sure, this happens. Yeah. Well, we we all used to go to the same fetish club in in, in Boston. And so, um, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> hold on. So many questions coming you up went from to the same fetish club with this guy. Uh, yeah, say, well, he went to the same. Yeah, it was like a dance club, fetish club, kind of like a like the catwalk in Seattle. You know. Okay, so All it's right. a small community. Okay. You know, and um, hmm. so anyway, so we. He, I don't know, but keep going. Yes. So he reaches out to me and asks me that, and I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Now, I had hooked up with this girl named Sarah that had, had hooked up with him before, and she had told me, you know, Herb has a really small penis. And, I, and I'm like, whatever. Like, who, who thinks about that anyway, right? Steve, Nick, when I tell you this man was no larger than my thumb. Oh, wow. And, that, and fully erect. Wow. Wow. Ouch. I feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, that's yeah. rough. I never see and 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 so I was like, oh my god, this is this is bad, you know. Um, like but a handicap it, or something. I mean. Well, it, it worked out because I went to the front door, he went to the back door, and it worked out all right, you know. Oh, you oh. did the double teaming? Yeah, of course. Okay. Double team and double penetration. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. So well, uh, you've had some adventures. Let's yeah, adventures. line this up for me, dude. Sure. Okay, let's let's pause a little bit. Okay. You get to her house. Yeah. Okay. And yep. you've already decided why you're going over there is to double team. She's consented. It's going to be a fun night. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So how does it start? First of all, you start, I'm assuming, with a few drinks, loosen up a little bit. No, we didn't have to do that. We're all adults. We know what we're there for. Okay. So it's what? just game just on right into it. Yeah, we're just kind of hanging out. I was sitting on the couch with Sue. She and I just start kissing. He comes walking in. All right, now we're ready to go. And and so, and before I knew it, you know. Are you nervous? No, because because I I I knew her and, and him. But I knew her better, obviously. And so I felt comfortable with her. The fact that he was there, whatever. I mean, it made things weird at first, the the, the first few minutes. But after that, it's kind of just focused on her the whole time. All right. So you start kissing. He walks in and says it's game time. And now, yep. now what? Uh, you know, things kind of progress a little bit. And um, she decides that she wants to, you know, speak it to the microphone. So she goes and she's doing her thing. On and you? Then, on me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's loving it. He's He's telling her. You know, yeah, you keep doing that and do this and do that, and he's wow. like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was getting. He was Is he playing it. with himself while he's watching or getting ready? No, he's, he, he's he's just he's just kind of taking it all in, almost okay. like almost like being the director, if you will. You know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is someone calling the shots out here, or is this all organically unfolding? Uh, like okay. somebody saying, like, time for oral, time for you, time for this position. No, 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 no. But, but, but as things were going along, he was just like, "Oh, that's awesome," you know, you know. But, but you should do this too, and 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 eventually, eventually, we would maybe get to it and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. So and she's that, going down on you. He's kind of applauding from the sideline, and then what? And then we ended up just going up. We went upstairs uh, to to the room and got undressed and that sort of thing and and that's when i first saw it and i was like oh my god 
Really? You're fully nude. He's fully nude. She's fully nude. Everyone's naked. Absolutely. Completely naked. All right. Socks are off. Oh, of course. Yeah. Is that the smallest package you've ever seen? Like in a porn or any of your other exploits? I mean, this guy sounds like he's like insanely small. Yes, absolutely. Wow. I've never. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were a welcome relief or change of plans. Huh? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not going to, you know, whatever. I mean, but uh, I'm assuming you're at least average. So compared oh, to yeah, him, yeah, you must have been like yeah. you know, Dirk Diggler over there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, after that, you know, um, she laid down and then, you know, I went down on her for a little while and then I got up and I started, you know, banging away and she was doing the, the oral thing on him. And then we just kind of moved around different things and it ended up being where I was laying down and she was on top of me and he got behind her and, there you go. Wow. So you're laying down. She's on top of you. You're in the back door. Is that what you no, said? In the front door. And then he was in the back door. Exactly. Wow. And, and I, is, uh, is there awkward like leg touching or something between the two of you with the with the I other was, dude? Dude, I was. She was above me, and and you know she had very large breasts, and those are right in front of your face. And she was a she's beautiful too. And so I'm so focused on all that you're in there the zone. that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah, yeah. I, unless somebody came up behind me, like if I were going in the back door and someone came up behind me and so I touched on my ass, then maybe that might you know be right. like or touch my shoulder. That would throw me off. But I was just yeah. Is there uh, how about pressure any- because it's uh, like synchronized swimming? I mean, do you guys have to finish at the same time? Uh, right. No. Every question. What do you? Because someone finished first, right? And then two people keep going. No, he, he he finished first, and um, yeah, and I was wearing protection. He wasn't because this is his girl and all that, his woman <laughs> sure. and that sort of thing, you know. Um, yes. And uh, and and because he didn't want to um, kind of interrupt, because who who knows if if he removed himself and you know let it all fly on her back, who knows it could have like went off her back and onto me and all that sort of thing. I was going to ask, do you get any splashback or something? No, no, no. He decided to um, uh, make a deposit. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, was it a one and done, or did you do this a few times? No, we did it a few times that night. I stayed overnight. But oh, not wow. after that? I mean, next week we'll see you oh, no. five. No. We we, we we did it a couple of times after that as well, yeah. Wow. Your yeah. only uh, couple that you did it with, or have you done that many times? Uh, many times. Really? I see this on the dating apps and I got to tell you, I'm a little offended. I've clicked on a few of them to just like, let's see where this conversation goes, but no one's picked me. What the fuck? <laughs> but, but you know what though? It's never, it's never been through a dating app or anything like that. It's always people that, that I've known socially or uh, like out and about because then, you know, you can spend time like hanging out with people and you kind of get a, a, a comfort level with them. Sure. And that, you know, I mean, I told you guys, I had a friend who passed away um, back in 2021 and unbeknownst to me until this year, um, her husband had told me that they was scheming and planning to have me hook up with her because he, he liked to watch her with, other guys and that sort of thing. Now I had no idea. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. He liked to hear about it after the fact. 
Like she goes home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he didn't want to watch. No, and actually, quite the opposite. What it was is he wanted her to hook up with other guys and then go home. And then while he was banging her, tell tell him how um, inadequate the other guys were and that he was the best and and that that sort of thing. Um, But but now and this is a I've had this conversation with you guys off the air where we talked about the fact that this guy had sent me pictures of this woman. And this is a woman that I'd known since kindergarten. Yeah. Very good friend of mine. And, right. And, and she's passed. And I didn't know if that was being disrespectful to her memory, having this conversation with him that she's gone, you, you know? Sure. Yeah, no, dude, that's, that's the real thing. And yeah, but uh, someone who's it. into the, uh, the three-way actions, probably not easily disrespected. If you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. Yeah. So in fact, um, that may be the best way to honor her. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Steve. But uh, I'm being serious. To, like if that's then, something you're but into. Then, <laughs> but, but then, no, but then here's the other thing. Come on. At, at, at what, at what point on, am I, exactly. at what point am I having just a conversation with him about my friend? And at what point does it seem like I'm having, you know, um, dude, you passed it, weird 10 miles ago. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It, it, okay. But I have an internet sex with this guy. You, you know what I mean? Cause I'm talking about, cause he's, yeah. like, oh, he's like, Oh, would you do this? Or would you do that to her? And I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm just going to leave it where we, you know, you, you <laughs> where told we me. left it. Yeah. He's yeah. the pervy one in this situation, by the way. I mean, did you, do this speaking, or yes. did you do that? I mean, come on, dude. Leave yeah. I mean, I'm, I, not I'm into it without the girl here. <laughs> okay. I mean, and that's just your preference, I, but, well, like, I'm but not he was spank banking. He was mentally reliving the, the, the days, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, and the thing about this, the, when I reconnected with this woman, um, I had told her, Hey, you know, when we were in high school, I was really into you and that sort of thing. And she's like, she made it known. This is back when I was still living in Seattle. And she said, Hey, you know, I'm happily married and, and right. this, that, and the other thing. I had no clue that, that they were talking about bringing me involved, but the fact that I was going to Vegas as often as I did. And also their work took them all over the country, including back here to Boston where the home offices for their company they work for. So they thought we could hook up in different, you know, different locales and all that. But I had no clue. Listen, I really have to question, where does this kind of thing come from? I cannot imagine wanting to share my person with somebody else. I I, I can't either. And this is not an admonishment. Like I get that people are into it and Brewski, uh, you know, yeah, hey, join on in. Why not? But um, I just, I, I, I can't imagine. Dr. Drew, back on Loveline, you know, he always talked about that some sexual things are best best left in the fantasy world, that in reality sure. you may not actually enjoy the process. And sure. he would often talk about three ways. And he would say to the guy, because there's always a guy calling in asking, I want to do this with my girl. And he would always say, like, okay, so you and a guy are having sex with your girlfriend, and you finish first, and you have to sit back and watch this guy and your girl go at it. How does that feel to you? And the guys were always like, oh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> like He's like, that's the reality of the situation. High probability, yeah. As in, you know, I I actually knew some people in Seattle that uh, I used to do uh, a show with, um, a theater show, you know, once a month. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And um, both of these people were in the cast with me, and they were kind of amongst this polyamorous crew of folks in Seattle. And um, one of the guys hooked up with um, this this guy's this other guy from the cast girlfriend 
because they were part of that crew. Yeah. And she ended up leaving the one guy for the guy she hooked right. up with. Right. See, that's what I'm talking about. The can of worms you don't know if you're opening by doing this stuff. So and 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 actually Nick um uh Rachel actually knows the guy that that uh Uh oh, we just lost Bruce King. We lost him. Oh gone. Oh, oh there you go. There you are. Okay, cool. I just kind of wiggled my cable over here. Uh, Rachel knows oh, is that the what guy? you call it. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. <laughs> the rattlesnake wiggle. Um, right. I'm sorry. So Rachel knows this guy from the theater that did the three way and then. Yes, she does actually. How? Uh, interesting. Um, don't be too specific. I don't know. Where we're, where yeah. We're um, Maybe text Nick. How she, how well, she be knows real him. fucking specific now, dude. How does she know this guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, from what I understand, hey, everyone's uh, got a past. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, so she was in a band with them. That's what it was. Such an asshole, dude. Uh, <laughs> she was in a band with them. I didn't know Rachel was in a band. A yeah, she played. Player, dude. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. She's played in a couple of punk bands. I did not know that. That's hilarious. Oh, okay, Bruce. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and so so there's, there's two guys. There's one guy, the guy I just texted Nick's about, Nick about, I'm not really friends with it all. I'm kind of more like I know who he is, and we we did the show together. But the other guy I am good friends with, and his girlfriend left him for this, this other guy that Rachel knows, and wow. it was the whole polyamorous thing. And um small world. This is getting a little vague for me. We're using so many code words. I'm losing track of the story, but yeah, but I, I get there's a whole community out there that's into this. And uh I don't know. I mean, you know, live for the day, I suppose. But did you ever go the other way, Brewski, and share someone you were with? Uh Oh, yeah, a couple of times. A couple and was times. that not as much fun, I would assume? Or? Well, yeah, but you know what it was? I was with that person, but I wasn't like this was like a longtime partner. This was somebody that, you know, I had been dating. And, you didn't love her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, right. and also, and also, at that time, I was a lot younger, too. I mean, I'm sure. 51 now, and this uh, most of this happened in my late 20s, early 30s, and that sort of thing. And I think as you get older, for some people, things things kind of change. Sure. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and it really depends on the relationship that you have with that person, too. Yeah. No, I know a lot of people are into it, dude. There's clubs built around it. There's obviously like websites all dedicated to it. But yeah. Yeah. But you guys remember the story I I told back in the original radio days of the vocal minority where uh, we had a strip club in Seattle uh, and the manager was a big fan of our show and he would bring. Oh, Richie Rich. Yeah. He treated us like, you know, Howard Stern and company. Like we got the champagne room to ourselves and we had strippers all over us and he let us smoke pot in the you know, in in the deja vu that it was in and whatnot. Yeah. And we had talked on the show about the, you know, I was saying, like, maybe I would do a three-way. And, uh, and Jamie and I were just dating at that point. And so one of the strippers basically molested Jamie, like, right in front of me. You guys remember oh, this? I remember. I do, yeah. Not yeah, this hot stripper. She was up on stage doing the dance, and Jamie and I, we were all there. You know, we were, you know, partying and having fun. And the stripper leans down off stage and just French kisses Jamie, like, crammed her throat or her tongue, nice. you know my girlfriend's throat and and there was a part of it that jamie liked right i mean she was well, a little jamie uncomfortable I, but she liked it 
we both had the same sort of response. Like the first couple seconds of it, it's like, whoa, hey now, like this is kind of sexy and hot. But then it became like really awkward and uncomfortable. Like Jamie described it as like, oh my gosh, this beautiful woman is, you know, French kissing me. But after a couple of seconds, she was like, some skanky stripper is kissing me. <laughs> like, right, this is weird. Right. And I had the same thing of like, whoa, look at this hot naked stripper making out with my girlfriend. But then it was like, hey, get your hands off that. <laughs> well, that's mine. Like, what are you doing? Right. So it was a quick demonstration of what Dr. Drew was saying. Like, sometimes yeah. it's better to just be a fantasy. But well, yeah, yeah I mean, know, those in that community, Brewski, that have dived into it, like, I get it. I get it. That can be fun. Sure. Well, and you know, the, the other side of that whole thing is that you know that if if that, that would never have happened with you. And, well, I, and I, I, a male I stripper saying, shoving his tongue down. No, my no, no I, I, right. a female stripper kissing you. Uh, yeah, sure. I, yeah, you know what I mean? Well, some uh, of those would have, I think, but yeah. No, no, but I mean, you know, the, it, it just, uh, I don't know, there are different rules for women when it comes yes. to, to strip clubs and, sure, absolutely. And, and stuff like that, you know? I mean, well, I, mean, they, I know, they always say every woman is one drink away from being a lesbian. It's just not the same for guys. So. Although, the, I, I know dudes that are, who have done male stripping and they do mostly like, they go to like houses for like bachelorette parties. And I believe the phrase they tried to pull my cock off uh, has come up so many times because the women just are yes. uh, just like unruly. Yeah, yeah, I knew a male stripper in this town that had some stories for me. And uh, yeah, uh, women go crazy at bachelorette parties for some reason. But, uh, and, but and, that, yeah, that, that's opposite sex still, male stripper. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, you know, because usually if you try if you try anything with um with a stripper for a party, you know, there's a really nasty looking security guy with her and, and he'll let you know in no uncertain terms that that doesn't super- fly. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although. Right. Okay. We've now spent like an hour talking about sexual deviancies in our lives. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for I'm, answering my personal question, Steve. Sorry about that. No, no, no. It's okay. But I know, I mean, literally we've now spent like an hour just talking about this. So I mean, um, any other closing thoughts anyone has any other deviantness we want to get out here? No, not me. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You're the vanilla ice of this crew. We've learned. So I, I still want to. I still want to know more about uh, this uh, Nancy Reagan thing. I got to dive in a little bit deeper. Yeah, no pun intended. So. No pun intended, right? All right. Well, okay. Educational as always. These are interesting stories, and I appreciate all the uh, the insight and commentary. And I did not know Rachel played in band, so that's interesting too. You didn't, huh? No, nope. Never heard that story. I didn't know you spit, uh, chewed, oh. and I didn't know that uh, that Rachel was a former rock star. So, see, dude, that's what they say makes a great relationship. Is even after years and years together, there's still new things you can learn about me. Apparently, so there you go, and vice versa. So there you go. All right. Um, should we do some comments section? Oh, should we hear from the vocal minority out there? Shortly. All right. I don't have a ton this week, but we we do have some interesting comments. Uh, first of all, I, I think let's stick to the topic of exes because uh, I posted uh, I posted a clip this week that I uh, I was hesitant to do because men don't cry, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you did. Pre- you posted your clip of you being vulnerable, and uh, I don't think there's anyone in the world. They would say, what a pussy. Maybe there is, but if they do, like, come on, did you listen to the content? Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, there's definitely people that would call men pussies for crying, but um, uh, no, I think it's one of those, like, obviously it's a, a real thing, and uh, obviously it's okay for men to cry and whatnot. But So yeah, if you missed it on the show a couple uh, weeks back, I uh, I was talking about uh, my ex, you know, when my son asked if uh, if dad dies, are you going to stay in our lives? And she didn't know the answer. She was like, I don't know, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't have thought about it. And uh, talking about the fact that I need, if I were to die, I need someone to represent me still and to tell my kids I'm proud of them as they get through these milestones in life. And so mm-hmm. I posted it into a little 60-second clip. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm a bit of a whore on this show. And so everything's trying to get views. It was a real moment. Obviously, I wasn't faking it. But I was still a little nervous to post it on the interwebs and let, you know, thousands of people potentially see it. Um, and so uh, I posted it, and we broke a new record for our YouTube page. It shot up to uh, three and a half thousand views, which for us is, uh, you know, that was uh, that's the biggest so far for YouTube. It happened quickly, too, dude. I mean, that happened fast in a mere four or five hours total, didn't it? Yeah, these algorithms on these uh, various social medias, when they start pumping you, they're pumping you, and then all of a sudden they'll pull you and it'll stop. And I'm still trying to figure out the magic on all of them. You know, our uh, biggest uh, single one is uh, Facebook. We got over 10,000 views. But on YouTube, like, they throttle you at some point. Our first record was, like, 1,300 views, and then uh, 2,000 views, 2,500. Now we're up to 3,500. Like, it seems like they'll let you break your record by about 1,000 views or so, and then they stop you. Because very I don't understand the concept behind it. I don't either. You know, they're pumping you for a while, and then whatever their algorithm is dialed into it, then it, it shuts you down. Because it'll hit a certain number, then just stop cold. So obviously the world didn't just stop watching it or, you know, people weren't on YouTube anymore, but YouTube will pull it off the shorts, you know, rotation at some point. And I don't know, like I said, if it's based on your previous thresholds, if they're trying to let you grow slowly, but not rapidly, but, but I don't know. So anyways, uh, so yeah, three and a half thousand views on that thing. And yeah, it happened in a matter of a few hours and that's cool. What were some uh, of the comments on it though? I mean, were people rude or were they supportive? Well, it's funny. I get notifications whenever people start commenting on stuff, and it makes me nervous when I see comments because I know the video is getting views at that point. And the first couple of comments came in, and I, I didn't want to go look at them because I just assumed it was somebody making fun of me. Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll tell you, like, here's uh, here's two that were very interesting. Um, somebody named Bobby says, uh, you're absolutely right. You're a good soul with moral fiber. Look after yourself and make sure you live long after your ex is gone. Like, isn't Bobby? that interesting? Yeah, like some stranger, nice. yes, would say something like that. You've got a good moral fiber. You're absolutely right. You're a good soul. I'm like, wow. See, that's dude, that's what I feel like. Uh, you know what? It's it's sad that we're shocked by that, right? Yeah, well, it's the internet. You just assume everyone's going to belittle you and make fun of, course. of you. So, yeah, but, but we need more of that in this world of people just, you know, uh, kind statements from especially strangers. I mean, we should all say them to the people we know and love. But, like, you could really change not only a day but a life, really, you know, by showing some kindness and showing some compassion and stuff like that. I wish there was more of it. Spot on, man. I mean, I'll tell you, I don't know who Bobby here is, but uh, reading that comment, it – yeah, it did resonate with me. I mean, I have had so many people through this breakup tell me that my ex is crazy, an evil person, that no one does these sorts of things, and you're a good person, and just keep doing what you're doing. So to see a stranger hear a little 60-second clip of my life and tell me, like, you're a good person, your ex is a fucking terrible person. Like, it's weird to me that it resonates that easily across a, a brief clip like that.
validates you and well and i mean you were showing true emotion you didn't uh you didn't try not to cry i mean you just you did what you did right. dude and you can see that it's true and real no it, it is a genuine clip and i'll tell you whenever i post these things while you're posting in and you're doing all the tags the video plays on a loop while you're sitting there doing it and yeah. that video it triggers me every time i have to turn the volume off so that i could actually post it because it was real thinking about the notion of being dead and my kids going on and me not being there for all these events so yeah it was it was definitely real and then this other comment from a woman named michelle uh, she says, man, I would do anything for my stepdaughter. I divorced her dad, but not her. She will always be my baby girl. So here's That's a awesome. woman. You're right. So now here's a woman saying, like, your ex is a twat. If she would stay, <laughs> that she wouldn't stay in your kids' lives. Like being this, yeah. this is an example of someone who understands what being a stepparent is, that it's a real thing. It's a real role in these kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, it's just validating, Steve. It's well, validation. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know, Steve. To to your point, when Jen and I were together and we were talking about getting married, um, she really had the, the the thought that she was going to have her stepdad AJ walk her down the aisle while her real dad Walt was there, but not, you know, being part of that part of the ceremony because her stepdad was a bit more of a dad to her than her, her real dad was. Sure. Yeah. You know, so to, to your a lot point, of parents can have that role. Yeah. Yeah. hundred sure. percent, dude. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, you guys both know that Rachel lost her birth father at a very young age. He was murdered, but she had a stepdad, uh, maybe a year or two after he died and they went through a lot of struggles early on in life, but he ended up being a father to her. You know, it's almost yeah. like uh, one of those situations where you don't want to say like, that's my stepdad because he was a dad, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, absolutely. absolutely. I was told my ex that being a stepmom is a real thing and it's a real role and it's important and all that kind of stuff. It's like being a foster parent or an adopted parent. Like, okay, yeah. you may not be the blood parent, quote unquote, but you have a chance to be either as good of a parent or maybe even more, depending upon if they didn't have a good mom or a good dad or whatever. So, yeah. No, and if you that, should choose to accept this mission, then you have to know what it means, dude, uh, or you should at the very least. Absolutely. And that's a real big responsibility. And it's part of why when my ex just blew things up and disappeared on all of us, you know, I, I tried to tell at the time, like, what are you doing? Like, you're part of this family. Like, you can't just abandon all of us. Like, right. if there's conflict, let's talk about it. If we're ending this, then fine. Let's do it nicely. Like adults, like we have a family here. You don't just yeah. vanish. I'm going out for a pack of smokes and never come back thing. Like, that's yeah insanity. So, yeah. Um, and then it's funny, too. There was a comment on here that YouTube won't show me. They've, they've blocked it. And I told Nick, I assume it's vagina-related because they're either calling me a pussy for crying or calling her a cunt for doing what she did. So uh, They don't give you the Sorry. option at all? Like, it's not just a warning, like, look anyway, this comment's rough, look no. anyway, or... Yeah. Huh. I can see that there's a comment, but they won't show me what it is. So I'm dying to know what what that person said that, uh, that YouTube blocked them. But uh, so, I would yeah. assume it's in your favor and move on. Who knows? Yeah. And again, this is the weirdness of these platforms like YouTube, like this within a couple hours, thousands of people have seen it. The exact same video on TikTok, like 10 people have seen it. Like these algorithms, what they pick up and what they choose to push out. It's it's really a mystery to me. So, yeah, it's cray cray. 
And I will say, Facebook, same thing. Like, we come and go. Like, we get no views for days, and then all of a sudden we get all these views. Like, Facebook starts pushing us. Um, we just hit a thousand views on the uh, the kinky roommate story. All of a sudden, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> we talking sat about there for a long time. Yeah, Locked and that, and then it just jumped up hundreds of views at a time. It passed a thousand views. So I, yep. I don't know. We just keep throwing everything out there. Whatever these platforms choose to push for us, you know, we'll go from there. So uh, let's see. And then um, I got a couple. Oh well, on that video actually. Um, Oh, no, we posted a video about whether you've ever been attracted to any of your girlfriend's friends. <laughs> and, and Nick gave a very cute, comical answer that he only has eyes for his wife, of course, so he has no way of answering that Why question. do you think that's comical, dude? I mean, that's <laughs> it may be cute, but it's not comical. Well, you said it in a humorous way, so that's Thank why you. it's comical. Thank Obviously, you. you only have eyes. So. <laughs> but uh, so the, the concept of, uh, you know, being attracted to your girlfriend's friend, uh, this guy posted, he said, the grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> And I replied, I said, in this case, the ass is always greener on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) There could be no grass at all. Yes. Hardwood floors. Exactly. And then I will tell you, too, on the TikTok page, I had to ban somebody. No. Really? Yeah. So this this was the, uh, the gun control debate. And this one guy who appears to be part of an online clan or something. Because it was him and someone else, and both of their names start with Delta, and they have their their pictures are stormtrooper pictures, and then they oh have, boy, yeah. And when I, you say clan, do you mean uh, like a Counter Strike thing or like a Clue Klux? A combination, some sort of online group of people that are out there and harassing, and you know. When you say stormtrooper, do you mean in the Star Wars sense or in the Nazi sense? Well, it's literally a Star Wars stormtrooper, but I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. referencing, you know. Sure. Yeah, real stormtroopers. And I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down your door. What got them banned? Well, so we went back and forth for a while, and we were having debates. And, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm interacting with the audience to try to pump up the views and whatnot. I'm not actually trying to change any of these people's minds. But um, he was just relentless. I mean... I would comment, uh, reply to him, and then he would post, you know, 10 things. I'd do one, he'd do 10. And there was a couple times I tried to de-escalate things, and he just would not stop. And, um, I mean, here's one thing where I tried to get kind of funny with him to kind of take him down a notch and get him to shut the fuck up. Um, Because these gun nuts, they all have this thing about, you don't understand the difference between calibers of bullets, so therefore everything you're saying is irrelevant. You know, if you don't speak gun fluently, you can't possibly have an opinion on the matter. And I'm I'm saying it much more eloquently than he did. But at one point, and this is one of my pet peeves, he said, maybe educate yourself on what you're talking about before you form an opinion. Now, first of all, bite me. Obviously, I'm educated and informed on the topic. But uh, he spelled your wrong. He said on what you're talking that. about and, you know, Y-O-U-R instead of Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. So I replied, because he's saying I don't know enough about guns to have an opinion. So I said, you don't know the difference between your and your. Uh, so you're not qualified to speak English. <laughs> you must be scared of books. Because he told me I must be scared of guns. You know, that's why. I right. Yeah. Which is and, another thing. And, these gun nuts I am scared them. of guns. BT dubs. <laughs> well, to some extent, but you're not like afraid of a gun. Like that's what they all think us liberals are. We're just whiny sure. little bitches. Yeah. Like, right. So, yeah. So I tried to be a little clever with the your, your thing. And then he just posted like 50 things. And then I went to his page 
to dive a little deeper and it's just nothing but Trump conspiracy theories like, you know, George Soros, all of this just rabbit hole uh, conspiracy theory yeah. shit. Yeah. We and then I noticed somebody page, No, and then somebody else with the same front, the same delta with the stormtrooper, he started John Vigan. So I don't know if the guy has two identities or he's part of this online group, but I, I just banned them both. Like None of you are fans of ours, obviously, and this back and forth we're doing. I've gotten all the views I'm going to get out of it, but now you're kind of starting to creep me out a little bit. So, so the, yeah, the Delta sure, clan dude. has been those, blocked from our key, those keyboard warriors. I mean, they they have shown their true colors in getting involved in people's personal lives. I think it's so funny, dude, watching uh, you know all the January six hearings. Uh, I just found out yesterday that uh, you know locally here there's a town called Puyallup, and it's mainly yep. a conservative area, uh, but. People are just starting to get arrested in Puyallup that were at the January 6 hearings and I'm uh-huh. like oh they're taking people down they're they're covering everybody it's just trickling in here with some of the less important people for lack of a better term you know what i mean and those yeah. are, the people you banned are the type of people that would have been at that January 6 insurrection and they're the people that show up to shit you know what i mean so yeah ban them get them out well, there was a guy down there, I think it was Longview. Um, they said Tacoma, but when I read the article, he was from Longview. And he was he had made thousands of uh, calls and voicemails, leaving threatening messages for members of Congress. And they, they would get escalate, escalate and getting more and more violent. And he would leave them in like bunches where, you know, instead of just leaving one for somebody, he'd end up leaving like 10 or 12. Yeah, same type of shit. I mean, 10 comments to your one, like, okay, it's enough. We're doing this differently. Goodbye. Yeah. I've had some gun nuts on here where I feel like we've had somewhat intelligent back and forth. Like, they're trying to make a point, and I'm trying to make a point, and, you know, that's cool. But, you know, this, yeah, this guy went off the deep end. And, you know, you talked about, you know, the online threat increases and politicians and all that. Well, you know, I have have assumed for years that the way I'm going to die is I'm going to be sitting here babbling on this microphone, and that door behind me is going to open, and somebody's just going to blow my fucking head off because I don't have security guards, and I am a real person, and I use my real name and all that stuff and you know so uh, it's it's a weird time we're living in where something like that was probably a, a comical thing to say years back but right i don't right. know if it is anymore people get really pissed off about this stuff and especially conservatives when any liberal stands up and expresses their opinion all of a sudden you must be hung in the town square you're famous in tahoe dude it's not a game you want to play well, you know like like the whole allen berg thing in 84 when he was killed by some uh, Aryan guys uh, in Denver. Mm. He he was a, he was an on air yeah, uh, yeah, personality yeah. No, sure. in, in Denver, and and they, they they killed him. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> so we'll see. All right, uh, on the same topic. Around. Well, yeah, but uh, you know, real and life that, that, like this, and, and that was in 1984 too. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like things have uh, come a lot further since then. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We shall see. I had talked uh, a week or two back on the show about, you know, when Twitter suspended us, that one of the rules that they sent me a link to was that you cannot incite violence against specific people. 
you can't name somebody and incite violence against them. Sure. And Elon Musk, in my opinion, he did that against Kanye West when he said on his Twitter feed that he wanted to punch Kanye in the face for posting the swastika thing. Sure. And I get his sentiment that he's trying to admonish yay, but um, that sort of seemed like you're inciting violence to encourage, you know, to go punch somebody in the face. Completely, dude. And so now there's this new article that came out this week. A, a former head of trust and safety at Twitter uh, was reportedly forced to flee his home over threats he received after CEO Elon Musk baselessly accused him of supporting online child sexualization. Read that, dude. Joel Roth and his family members went into hiding to escape the ire of a uh, internet mob. Both the Post and CNN reported, citing people familiar with the situation. The vitriol followed Musk misrepresenting Roth's past PhD thesis in a tweet on Saturday. In a tweet, again, he did this on Twitter. Mm. Telling his 121 million followers that, quote, it looks like Yoel is arguing in favor of children being able to access adult Internet services. So he's incited violence against this guy to the point that he not only was, I believe, was part of the people that got fired from Twitter from this board he was on. But the guy's gone into hiding because, again, he's just a normal citizen. He does not have security guards provided by the government. He's not Elon Musk that can afford his own private security detail. So here's the head of Twitter on his Twitter page saying that this guy is basically pro-child sexualization and it has real-world ramifications. Yeah, for sure, dude. And you're talking about a guy, like you mentioned, that doesn't have the money to have, like, security. Look at Pelosi, dude, with what happened there. I mean, that's full of security, and it still happened. Yes, exactly. If they can break into the Speaker of the House's home, the third person in line to be president where somebody, you know, we're the the first two to die. Yeah, they got into their home. So, yeah, what's going to happen to the somebody who works to Twitter or somebody who's an opinionated talk show host? Like, it's a crazy world we're living in right now. Yeah, we know a guy that uh, did a uh, talk show that got murdered. Do you remember that? Well, that's what I was referencing earlier. He was one of the talk show hosts in Seattle that carried a gun and would put it on the counter in the bathroom. Mike yeah, Webb, yeah. you can say his name, right? I mean, this is yeah. Google. Yeah, the guy got freaking murdered in Seattle. Yeah, and I mean, he had people, uh, he was a nice guy. Uh, Very nice had, guy. He had people after his show that would show up in the parking lot based off the th- opinions that he was talking about and yes. want to take him out for him. I think he was attacked a couple of times, and he was yeah. finally murdered. And yeah. that was, how many? I mean, that was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, we're living in dangerous times, dude. And that's why when you are communicating with our audience, Steve, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you booted them out of here because it is a dangerous game. I wish it wasn't, but it has become that way. And Mike Webb was a a devout liberal. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom always asked me, like, how did somebody not assassinate Trump? You know, all the crazy things he did. And my uh, what I told her and my my. My thesis on that is that liberals don't go out there shooting people like that. But the conservatives, the gun lovers, they get so wound up that if you're a liberal on the radio or TV like Mike Webb was, like, yeah, they will come after you. Yeah. I got some asshole that I went to school with, dude, and I didn't always think he was an asshole, but he's a big Trump lover now. And uh, I was going through cleaning up my phone the other day and uh, trying to get some of my stuff out of Facebook from Messenger. And I went all the way down to, like, 
you know, nine years ago, where I was having a conversation with this guy about, you know, just bullshit, but like was trying to help him with something. And fast forward to the Trump era, this guy threatened me many times with conversations that we had uh, on Facebook. And I, I think even Brewski got in a fight with this guy, or maybe it was Steve. But you guys, one of the two of you got in an argument with this guy on my Facebook page at some point, yeah. And I was like, dude, it was me. It wasn't. I was like, yeah. dude, you just got to fucking let it go because he's one of those people who, no matter what you say, he will not respond to any of the factual things that you're saying. And it's just uh, a one sided conversation, and he gets fucking mean and he gets violent. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's out so there. It's so sad that, yes, they are out there, and you can't have a, a good, uh, good old fashioned debate without having to worry about this stuff. So, I don't know. I hope this clip is never played back in my funeral someday of like, boy, Steve predicted it. <laughs> he did end up getting shot in the head. Yeah, let's hope not, so, dude. But I guess I will have died doing something I believe in and uh, stand up for because uh, I do like to, uh, I do like to upset people. Well, that one's not worth dying on the hill for, so be careful. No, probably not, but whether people love me or hate me, I'm uh, I'm into the feedback. Uh, should I share my uh, profound realization I had in therapy this week, Nick? Yeah, I found it really interesting, dude. So, yeah, I, I would say go for it. I think Bruce, you'll like it. This is interesting. You know, we've talked on the show before about the fact that I lack internal validation, uh, that I always seek external validation. You know, I, I feel worthy if I have a good job, if I'm doing a good talk show. I feel worthy if I'm in a good relationship or, you know, I'm always seeking validation from other people. And that's okay. It's okay to be validated by your, your, your wife, your girlfriend, or your kids, or your coworkers. Like, you know, that's okay. But we all need internal validation. We should all be telling ourselves that, you know, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. You know, the old Stuart Spartan thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I really, I really seem to lack that. And I don't know where it comes from, per se. But yeah, there's times in my life, like recently, like when I'm out of a relationship, I feel worthless. When I've lost a radio job, I feel worthless. And, uh, so we were dissecting, like, you know, internal versus external validation. And my therapist pointed out to me this week, she's like, you know, Steve, like, you you seek validation from, you know, from women and from coworkers and from your career, and, you know. From, she's like, but I, I've heard you reference. I, I picked up on something. Like, there's something else that you that you seek validation from, from an external source. Uh, and she said, it's it's your job. It's the listeners. It's your audience out there. Like, you have set your entire life up to seek external validation your career choices first with the rock band and then with your radio career like whether where it was through ratings or or yeah. comments or you know people right. knowing who you are or whatever you know yeah because i've talked in therapy about the, the 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 map you know seeing people and the comments we get back and right. it's good when someone loves it and i love arguing with the gun nuts like she was like, you somehow, like subconsciously as a teenager, like when you were thinking about your career path, you set your entire life up to seek external validation. What is and, that about? Uh, how do we walk into that, dude? I mean, how do we figure that out? Have you begun thinking of where that might have come from or have begun discussing it or... We, we have not. This was a realization in this uh, last therapy session that has opened up a whole door that, that we will be exploring at some point. But, yeah, I don't know. I've tried to think back as to where this must have come from. I mean, my assumption is the, my parents' divorce and me being the youngest kid and kind of the, the forgotten one and that whole thing. Like, 
I must have, I don't know, I must have felt worthless and unvalidated and whatnot and wasn't getting it, I guess, from friends or family at the time. So I set myself on a career path where I would always have fans, whether it was in the rock band or on the radio, because I need external validation that badly. I shaped my entire life subconsciously around it. And you have found yourself being okay with uh, someone loving you as a fan or someone really, really fucking hating you. You get off on it in almost the same way. Yeah. You like to, uh, as long as you are sparking emotion, like true raw emotion, it (laughs) validates you, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm just looking for feedback, whatever it is. If you hate me, that still means you're listening to us and you're engaged with us, and that I'll take it. Yeah, I don't know if but, this is pathetic or what it is. But no, it, but I, I mean, so, dude, I think it's a great realization. But well, I mean, I, I'd rather have somebody hate me than be kind of like, eh. You, you, you know what I mean? You don't want yeah, someone yeah. iffy on you. You want them to have a definite opinion of you. Exactly. Yeah. Either you love me or, or you dislike me. You know, but when you're in the middle and you're kind of like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. That's- well, we've talked about that on the show before, that you're yeah. no, you're not successful as a uh, as a talk show host or whatever you want to call us if you're not evoking opinions one way yeah. or the other. People need to love you or hate you. If they don't have an opinion on you, you're not doing your job well. But again, why did I go into an industry where that would be the core of it, ratings of and all that stuff? I mean, it's all about audience feedback. So, Yeah. It's crazy what I've done to myself. <laughs> and speaking of like uh, uh, the good and the bad and enjoying it both, uh, I'm downstairs making breakfast with my brother on this Omaha trip. And out of nowhere, this is my brother, Chris. My brother, Robbie, listens to the show. Or he at the very least listens to all the clips and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris says to me, just out of the blue, hey, brother. Uh, that podcast, it's it's not good. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, he, And he said it just that sharply and just kind of that out of the blue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like. What, what does he mean? It's not good. What is, he, what is that? Yeah. Mean? I was like, what are you talking? That's exactly. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what specifically? What do you mean? He was like, just, you know, it's just, it's just not a good podcast. And okay. I was like, first of all. I look up to that guy as, you know, almost uh, uh, second father, especially since my father's passed on. Like, I look at him in a brotherly way, but in a fatherly way. I call him for advice, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was hurt, right? I was just like, well, fucking pull the dagger out of my heart and tell me why, dude. And uh, this went on for like two minutes, and he wasn't being specific at all. And I was like, dude... I'm honest when I say, like, I want you to tell me I respect your opinion and I want to know what you're thinking. So after about three or four minutes goes by, he's like, I'm fucking with you. I've never uh, listened. You asshole. I knew this sounded I, preposterous. How could somebody say that? <laughs> and if he does I, hate the podcast, I don't want to know it from you. I mean, I don't hilarious. care if other people hate the podcast, but like, yeah, I don't want to know I, it from you. 
I'm going to have to talk about this in therapy. Nick's brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I thought, Nick, you were going to say it was a content thing, like that we swear too much right. or we talk too much sex or something like that. Yeah, That's yeah. where I thought you were going, you know, because it's more of a kind of conservative sort of area. I totally agree. Like, this may not be everyone's cup of tea, but it's kind of like, you know, Brewski, you've come down off this a little bit. But back in the day, you used to say that the Beatles suck. And I've always said, like, you know, if you don't like the Beatles, that's fine. But you cannot say they suck. I mean, obviously, they're good musicians with a good track, you know. Same thing with us. It may not be your cup of tea, but do we suck at this? No, come on. I I thought the same thing of, like, well, when I was trying to figure out what he was saying, I was like, he, you know, I could see him not liking 70% of the content. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. But... And that's why we've had this conversation before. Like, you know, uh, don't listen to the show, dude. I don't know that it's your (laughs) cup of tea. And if you're going to listen, you know, that's your thing. But I'm warning you ahead of time. Like, I don't know if you'll like this show. But you cannot say that we suck. (laughs) Do the Beatles suck still, Brewski? Where are you at with that nowadays? I still like the Stones better. Well, that's fair. That's okay. Yeah, but the Beatles don't suck. They're talented people, right? (laughs) Right. Um, I'm I'm less of a John John Lennon fan to be quite honest with you, but, but he's talented, right? But he doesn't suck. He's not Millie Vanilli or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on, Bruski, spit it out. Does John Lennon suck? Is that what you're saying? Yes, he does. He wow. absolutely sucks. Yeah, I'm wow. sorry. Completely overrated. Completely overrated. <laughs> but he writes good songs and has had uh, success and millions of albums. Ima- imagine like- makes is so vomit inducing. Oh, that's hilarious. Listen, uh, about, I get it's uh, not everyone's cup of tea, but he doesn't You got to like this one, Brisky. And so this is Christmas. Eh. Helter Skelter? I mean, come on. That's a rocking tune for the Beatles, right? Eh. Wow. Wow, Brisky. Wow, them all. This actually makes me, now, make me feel now, better because if somebody now, could sit here and say the Beatles, meh, <laughs> then well, no, but, win them all. But I, w- but I will say this, though. When McCartney came to Seattle... This was probably, it was bef- the summer, probably about 2013. I did go and see him at Safeco Field because this is a rock and roll legend. Paul yeah, yeah ex- exactly. Right. And that's and, what and, we're saying. But, uh, but, but, and it's kind of like, you know, you want to, you want to see that at least once. Yeah, so you have some level of respect for the fact that they're icons. I mean, uh, McCartney. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Hey, Are you a Wings fan? R- Ringo? Absolutely. Ringo, <laughs> the joke George, of the band. <laughs> George Harrison, yeah. Lennon, wow. why? No. Why do you hate on Lennon? I don't get I it. Just, I just, just completely, just got way too much of himself. Way too oh. much of himself. Are you a big Mark David Chapman fan? Is that what this is? Uh, no. Google the reference, kids. Now, 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 now John Hinckley. No, maybe we can talk a little bit, but you know, I mean, at least least John Hinckley had the right idea. Yeah, you're terrible. Listen, are you a Wings fan? (laughs) Yes, actually, I am. Yeah, you're pro assassin, is what I'm hearing right now. (laughs) Well, no, it's it's more the target than anything. Oh, I see, I see. Yes, it's more the it was the more the target. The station that Nick and I are at now, we play, you know, modern rock hits basically from the 80s up, and uh, we play a lot of Maroon 5, and I get people that tell me every now and again, Maroon 5 sucks. Like, why do you fucking play Maroon 5? 
I get they're not your cup of tea, but who bought the millions of albums? Who's uh, who's buying the sold-out stadium tickets? Like, they're successful and popular and have a lot of hits. I don't care if you don't like them. You can't tell me they suck. Right. I've had people tell me, Nick, this will really upset you. I've got one person here in town that owns a business. They will not advertise with us because we play Dave Matthews. I'm I'm with them 100%. Absolutely. Do you hear the shenanigans, dude? Watch. (laughs) I I I purposely. You'd be better off telling Nick his mother sucks than saying Dave Matthews sucks. So be careful. But I I purposely (laughs) avoid that topic because I don't I don't want to insult Nick as I love Nick so much. Well, good. I appreciate that. Uh, What are you talking about? Uh, They won't advertise with us because we play Dave. That's what they've told me a hundred times. Now, there's probably a little more to it, but this is the uh, the default reason the owner of this plumbing and heating company tells me. Oh, I try to listen, and you play Dave Matthews all the time. I hate Dave Matthews. I don't want to be on radio station with Dave Matthews because it's <laughs> because because of the whole liberal thing. I guarantee you, it's because of politics. I don't know. Again, like if Dave is not your cup of tea, I get it, but you can't say he suck. He is the most successful touring act in the last like thirty. years years millions and millions of people cannot be wrong so. you mean the phony hippies for a weekend no come on listen no, i get that maybe there's some of that. the tickets dude Right. The phony hippies for a weekend. Dude. You look at me as a phony hippie? No, no, no. You're not the one. You know what I'm talking about. But most of the people who go to Dave Matthews Band shows are phony hippies for the weekend. Like, do, Have you do been they, to the show? Do, do they do they live that <laughs> life? I had to go once. And and it but, was it was it was awful. Okay, aside from the audience, your opinion, you don't acknowledge that Dave Matthews is like a it. phenomenal singer songwriter. Like nope, I don't like it. Do you like thing. anything in that genre? Of mid-tempo acoustic rock. Are you talking about like Mumford and Sons and that bullshit? Well, so this is what I'm saying. So you, yeah, you're not no, a fan of the genre. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. So that's fair. But Dave Matthews is a like, very... No Amos, no Amos Lee. No, 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 that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. No Ray LaMontagne or any of that stuff. This is, this is my point. Like, Brewski spends his weekend at Judas Priest concert, so it's not totally shocking to me that you wouldn't like a Dave Matthews. But, again, sure. you just got to look at on paper how many tickets this guy sells, how many records he sold, how many hits he has on the radio. That kind of person cannot suck. A band I can think, but I can, th- I can say they long. suck, though. It's, it's a subjective thing. Well, yeah, this is my point. Like, everyone has their opinions. But I was just literally telling my son this the other day, that everyone's a music Nazi. You know, what I like is the best ever, and everything else should be burned in the town square. Everything else sucks. Well, well, Steve, you're not going to like this. I'm I'm really throwing things out. But I will never, ever waste my money on anything from exactly ever again. I knew you were going to say that. I've been waiting to ask you about this. Because of one show. Oh my God! You you get hung up on the weirdest things. What's the one okay. show? Okay, so 1998, I go and I see <laughs> Days of the New. Did Jerry can't touch you. What happened? Yeah, no, Jerry can't. No, but but Lars Lars is the reason why. Okay, during, so 1998. During, go ahead. During during Lars's drum solo, and then when they were playing other songs, he brings some fucking toddler on stage and has this toddler go ahead, play the drums, play the drums. I'm like, I didn't fucking pay the money to see this shit. Play the fucking songs and play them fucking right. Wow. So one of the most successful, longest-running bands of all I'll times. Never, you I'll think never... sucks because they had no, a kid no, 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 no. come up no, no, no. on stage and play drums one time? I, 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 won't, I, won't, I won't spend my money with them anymore. That's all. 
Wow. I'm not saying they suck. I'm saying I won't spend my money with them going forward ever again. You hate ever. children. Because they had a kid come up on stage that really pissed it you off. It Stephen went on for almost a half hour. <laughs> what, the a little kid hour. played drums at a Metallica concert for 30 minutes? No, what they had, what so they were doing was but... no. What they had, Lars had them sitting on the thing, and Lars was like saying, "Hit this one next, hit that one next, do this over here, do that over there." They went on for thirty fucking minutes. Was it the son of the hot doctor he married? Like I don't care who the, the hell it was. I don't care who it was. That's not what I paid to, to see there. Listen, I appreciate your principled stances, but you you do this with things like one little thing, and, and you then just admonish the entire band yeah, or political person. You, or you ruined it, it for me. You ruined it. That's hilarious. The reason I was going to ask you about this once because I was listening back to our podcast and I was talking about you know Metallica in the '80s doing things that no one else was doing, and you kind of you made some groan. I'm like, eh. and I I didn't pick up on Classic it during the show, but listening back to it. I was just like, wait a minute. Was Brewski just verbally roll his eyes in Metallica? What the but, especially, And then when they started to do all the, um, like when they cut their hair and they went into the load and, and all that shit. And uh, I'm like, that's not Metallica. But that's, that's not Metallica. <laughs> it is I'm the sorry. new Metallica, dude. It's, <laughs> it's, it's new. They evolve. I hope that we've evolved in the last, you know, when we took our 10-year break or 15-year break. I hope we evolved, right? You don't think we've evolved? Oh, yeah. I, I, it's different. It's different. When you, when you want to be known still as a metal band, you're no longer a metal band when you start playing that there. You've now moved into, like, in, radio-wise, you moved in, into, um, I, I don't know. Some they, of- they released Fade to Black in, like, 1984. That was an acoustic ballad. Like, they've, they've always started- had that in them. Okay, no, but but at least at least it had some sort of, some sort of rock and part to it. That, that, yeah. that sort of, you know what I mean? Listen, I it, get the evolution of Metallica, and I get that some people are new school or old school Metallica fans. I, yeah. I, I straddle that fence. But I, I, I have a hard time admonishing artists that want to evolve and try something a little different. And by the way, Metallica and their last couple albums have gone back to the 80s. Like now they're back to these metal anthems, uh, you know, metal uh, operas and whatnot. So, you know, I, I, I get it. But I would never look at the Black Album or the Load or Reload and say, you guys suck now. Like, no, but at least at least with the black album you had there was still at least um closer to master of puppets than than load was kind of i mean the black album was the turning point for metallica they started making three and a half minute radio friendly hits i, I get that but, it, but, those, things. The, but everything on the black album was a lot more hard edge and rocking than load and reload oh nothing else matters hello Oh my God! I get, I get that they they had to throw one of those things in there because that's a record company thing. Like, hey, we got to have a ballad, and you know that's part of the that's part of the business. You know, yeah, that. but they were far enough in that they were taking that stuff. I watched the whole documentary of the making of that thing, and they definitely loved Nothing Else Matters. They wanted those songs and oh. they wanted to go in a different direction, and I can't admonish them for it. But uh, yeah, oh, it was definitely gross. a turning point from Man Justice for All to the Black Album, and they became yeah, way more radio friendly. So. Yeah, but, yeah. my point is, I, I get it. We can all say people suck, but at the end of the day, like if you're being objective, and especially for like you know what we're doing in the world of radio, you can't program a radio station just based on your own personal preferences. No, well, that, you got to no, look at what the masses are into. Uh, well, that yeah, absolutely, because you're you're in a business and you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible. Yes, I'm talking about yeah. what what you listen to on your own personal like um, yeah, music device or something like that. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. But for people that say Maroon 5 suck, Dave Matthews sucks, like, they don't. <laughs> They're very successful. Okay, okay see, if, 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 you ha- if you had to, 
Would you or you offered tickets? Would you go to one with Rune Vibe show? Yes. I'd go check him out, but I'm not waiting in line for tickets. Dave Matthews, he puts on one of the best live shows ever. Like Dave on the radio versus Dave live is a whole different experience. I'm talking just it's not something I suppose if I it's just it's just not I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't purposely seek it out. And I just I just wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a slanted question because at this day in 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 this stage of my life, I'm not buying a lot of concert tickets for very many. Well, things. you, you know, if somebody offered one? me Maroon Five tickets, yeah, I'd go check out the show for sure. No thanks. You, you, Here's you the could, thing, dude. You couldn't uh, pay. You couldn't pay me to go see Zach Brown Band. No way. No, no, not a, you couldn't pay me anything. Hey, country music does suck. All right, no, no, but that's <laughs> no, that's but that's not even country music. That's that's bro country. That's like Taylor Swift. That that's oh, okay. that's pop. That's what that is. You know what I mean? Well, the entire country genre has become pop music. But it's, yeah. it's 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 all these people that say I love country music, and then when I started asking them, oh, so you like Merle Haggard, and and you like you like Willie Nelson, and and you like, and they're like, oh no no no, I like Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. No, you like, like modern music. country. Yes. Uh, that's not even modern country. That's pop music that 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 masquerades as country. Totally agree. Pop has taken over the country genre for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Nick. Yeah. No, oh, it seemed like you wanted to say something. Sorry about that. I forgot. I forgot what I wanted to say, dude. <laughs> Look what you've done to Nick. You've rattled him to his core. <laughs> he can't even focus on that. I think Did what I... we've all learned at the end of this conversation is Metallica and Dave Matthews are the best ever. <laughs> You're right. You're right, dude. No. We get it. Can we please? No. <laughs> no. You know what? You know what we've learned. Brewski wants to get naked with Taylor Swift, even though he hates her music. Oh, hey, that's fair. All right. Well, good stuff. I knew it. Yeah, and by the way, All Taylor right. Swift, uh, she uh, made one hell of a record, Steve, uh, both on vinyl and in the world of music. I mean, she had all of her songs on the top 100 at one time, right? She had uh, all top, uh, the top 10 was all occupied by Taylor Swift at one yeah, time, which no artist has ever done. Yeah. However, that's a modern thing. The Beatles couldn't release 10 tracks at one time back sure. in those days. But, um, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like, am I a Taylor Swift fan? No. But can I acknowledge that she's hugely popular and successful and all that? And, you know, obviously. It's like K-pop. I'm not a K-pop fan, but they're selling records and people love them. So, you know. A little BCS. Yeah, exactly. Do they suck? I mean, I guess in my snobby opinion, but no, not. <laughs> the real not as... BTS is built to spill, and we do like them, Bruce. Yes, we, of course we do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, can we talk about something? We're, we're talking about a lot of the downfall of society today. Can I, I don't know how much news this got this week, but something major happened in the world of science this week, like oh, planet yeah. changing. Yeah. Like something we've been trying to do forever self-perpetuating energy where an energy source you can spark it with one amount of energy and it puts out more than you put in like scientists have been trying to do that forever uh i didn't read this please carry on yeah since the 1950s scientists around the world have sought to replicate the reaction that fuels the sun in search of a clean renewable energy source the holy grail a technology capable of providing nonstop electricity without planet heating emissions or radioactive waste. U.S. government researchers just got closer than anyone has before, briefly generating more energy from a fusion reaction than it took to set it off, achieving what is known as ignition. 
Blasting hydrogen plasma with the world's biggest laser has already yielded a uh, Wright Brothers moment in August of 2021. For a brief hundred trillionth of a second, scientists at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California registered a historic burst of fusion energy. But the 1.3 megajoules, this is like back to the future now, the uh, 1.3 megajoules generated was only about 70% of the energy fired from the laser. Quote, last week, for the first time, they designed the experiment so the fusion fuel stayed hot enough, dense enough, and round enough for long enough that it ignited and produced more energies than the lasers had deposited. Uh, two megajoules were used to ignite this. Three megajoules were put out. Self-sustaining energy. Yes. Isn't it? This could I mean, literally change the course of history. Well, it changes Science. everything, right? We could have cars that are just self-sustaining, electricity in your house that is self-sustaining, that puts out more than it takes to start it. We've had this fear that uh, global warming has come too far to reverse in the time that we need it to happen. I mean, this is a huge step, dude. It's, it's insanely huge. Again, this has been the holy grail where scientists have always wondered, how could we put one thing in and get more out than we put in? Like, it seems... It seems scientifically impossible. You can't create more than what was put in, but they've done right. it. Two megajoules in, three out. It's a I net mean, gain. Like, that's insane. Yeah. It really is. I mean, that's incredible. I don't know why I haven't heard that, dude. This is what I'm saying, though. Like, this is one of these news stories that just, it happened this week. It got a blurb, but because it's not about divisive politics or Taylor Swift concert selling out instantly, like, no one seems to care. Yeah. But this yeah. is potentially, like, literally a historic event that could literally just change the shape of uh, the future of our planet. Self-sustaining yeah. energy that's non-polluting. It's incredible, dude. I can't wait to, uh, I mean, I'm going to go read all about it. That's incredible, dude. Where Where are you reading that article from? I can send it to you. I mean, most of the major news sites covered it this week. It just didn't seem to pick up any traction because yeah. I don't know if it's no one cares or it's just too in-depth of a story for people to realize, like, the ramifications of it. This is uh, something that generations from now will look back and go, wow, they used to burn dead dinosaurs to power their cars. They didn't right. have a fuel cell that just generates power out of nothingness. Yeah, that's incredible, dude. I mean, that and really back is to incredible. The future. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's another story that popped up uh, that I, I saw nowhere uh, that it gained traction that I thought, this is incredible, dude. So do you remember when... Uh, Joe Biden was running for president. I don't know if you remember the specific clip was something to the effect of we're going to cure cancer. It was yes, one yes. of his things, right? Obama had tasked him with this moonshot idea of curing cancer. Dude, when you say moonshot, it's always been that, right? I mean, yeah. it's always been that. There is a new drug that has been released. Well, not released to the public, but it's been tested. It's called... Uh, Doscarlamab, Doscarlamab. Okay, mm -hmm. this drug was given obviously to a group of people who suffered. Uh, this specific study, uh, all these people have rectal cancer, mm -hmm. which is one of the fastest growing cancers in the yes, world right now. Super common, yeah. So all the people had no other therapy other than this drug, and then they had it for one year's time. And uh, 
every one of them, a hundred percent, at the end of this year, were cancer free. Yes. Wow. Dude, I, I saw the story insane. as well. It's insane to me, dude. I mean, that is that's world changing, right? Yes. Yeah. It's something about it, it takes their own cancer cells and then it, it, it creates a protein where it starts attacking itself. And so it either eliminated it or put it down so far that it was immeasurable. I mean, yes, curing cancer, that seems like something, you know, people made fun of Obama when he tasked Biden with, you know, trying to go cure cancer. Like, yeah, well, go go learn how to fly. Like, it's impossible. Right. But look at and the progress we've made. Well, and, and, and I've been hearing about this for uh, about a couple of years now where they're, they're where they're using your body's immune system to actually fight the cancer itself rather than using chemotherapy and and, and that that sort of thing there. So it teaches your body how to actually fight the cancer, much like your body would fight like a cold or the flu or or, or something something like that there. Yeah, it's like stem cell therapy. You know, they take stem cells out of you, they they mess with it and stick it back into you, and now it's been rewired to go fight what was already, you know, what's not supposed to be there. They've, yeah. uh, there's always been this fine line in the research field of that, like autoimmune diseases. And uh, the only reason I know anything about this is because I have MS and it is basically in layman's terms, my immune system is extra strong. This is layman's terms. My immune system is extra strong to the point where it attacks itself, right? That your immune system is so overactive that it starts making you sick. Well, they've been studying that for a long time now to learn, well, oh, if you have an overactive immune system, how do we redirect? How do we redirect it to do things that we want it to do? And I don't know how this drug completely works, but... It sounds like uh, they're starting to understand that a little more. And, I mean, if we have one drug that had that success rate, it's something we've never seen before. Yeah. That's fantastic, dude. I mean, I think everyone on this podcast and probably everyone listening has lost someone to cancer. Uh, This is huge, dude. I mean, come on. Absolutely. I mean, cancer has become so commonplace and things like MS have become so commonplace. And yeah, yeah, it's amazing to watch scientists start to reconfigure these things where maybe it's not some external pill we give you. Maybe we're taking things from inside of us and rewiring them to go right back in you and fight these things. And, and, you know, people that are against stem cell therapy research, I mean, it's insane to me. Well, that's a religious religious thing, right? I mean, right. But I have always argued that okay, so God created cancer or God doesn't want, you know, stem cells or whatever. Like God has given us the knowledge to learn the tricks of this world and universe and to better ourselves as a result of it. So if God gave us the ability to do this sort of research to cure cancer, isn't that an affront to God? If you just simply say, ah, it's, I'm playing God now. I shouldn't be doing that. No, uh, I don't believe in God, but let's just say there is one. He gave you the ability to do this research, to discover these things, to better humanity. God would be sitting up there going, you assholes, I want you doing stem cell research. I gave you the cure to cancer. Yes. Right. These are the same people, mind you, that say exactly what Steve just said, but then on the flip side are saying, like, God sent us Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> right. Yes, that's God sending us cancer right there with Trump. So, yeah, right. I mean, it's, 
let, you know, we, we well, as humans are made to evolve literally and figuratively. And yeah, some of us are smarter than others and doing the sort of research for the betterment of humanity. Don't throw your backwoods principled morals in there, slowing them down. God gave them that knowledge. Let them develop it. Yes. Well, I- I need to correct something here. Wouldn't Trump be herpes, which you can't cure or ever get rid of? <laughs> yeah. At least with cancer, you can maybe cure it and get rid of it. Yeah, he's giving yeah. us all an itchy crotch, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But yeah. Uh, let's hope, dude, that both of these news stories that we've just mentioned are going to go somewhere great, dude. Yeah. I would think 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, like, yeah, these are the, the building blocks of things that will become commonplace, and that is amazing. Stem cell research has shown that promise for years now, so it yeah. always drives me crazy when people try to say that that's somehow immoral and don't play God, or they came from fetuses or whatever. Like, go fuck yourself, man. And even with stem cell research, like, I know uh, people in the community of MS that have gone and had stem cell therapies done. Uh, I'll oftentimes hear people be like, oh, it doesn't work. Uh, Yeah, it does sometimes. They're trying to figure it out, you fucking asshole. Let them try and figure out the research on how it works. Yes. Never know until you try. Well, and AIDS nowadays is essentially cured. You know, this is another thing that hasn't gotten a lot of publicity because right. there is now drugs that will get your, you know, your uh, the the AIDS white cell Exposure. count. Your, yeah, it gets it so low that it's it's not harming your health. Yeah, yeah, you can't transmit it. It's not killing you. It's essentially cured, and it's because of all of this research and new techniques and. Um, but yeah, the stuff doesn't seem to make big headlines. And, and I'll tell you what, dude. I mean, we're of the age. What happened? Your cat's here? No, it's snow just slid off my roof. I thought my roof was collapsing. I, just, I, have, a, <laughs> I have a steep metal roof, and I just heard the slide on my head. Like, holy I, shit. Oh, the, 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 the sun loosened it up a little bit. Yes. Wow, sorry. Dude, yeah, I just we got four were, feet of uh, snow here in Tahoe, so my house is buried. Yeah. What a storm, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. But when we were the age of, you know, starting to have sex... AIDS was a death sentence. It was a Ugh. huge, huge deal. We yeah. all had, I mean, I would assume I watched somebody die of AIDS and it was a, a, a is, but now able to be somewhat cured. Yeah, it was treatable. a terrible, terrible disease. Dude. Yeah. Yes. And think it's about like, that. It, That's in 20, you mentioned like 20, 30 years. That was like 25 years ago that AIDS was a death sentence, dude. Absolutely. And within our lifetime, now it's become manageable and treatable and similar to COVID. Like we haven't cured COVID, but we have so many things out there right now that can treat it either. So you don't get it or when you do, it's, you know, it's not going to kill you anymore. Like that's assuming it's supposed to do. And, and, and and I think to, to Nick's point, I think the whole thing with Pedro Zamora on when he was on the real world, San Francisco, that, that put a face to, HIV and AIDS. Yeah. It just did. Because at that point there, even if uh, you didn't know somebody and you didn't know Pedro Zamora, but you watched the real world, that that put a face to it right there. You now, quote unquote, knew somebody with HIV and AIDS and you saw what, what they were going through. If you watch the movie Philadelphia, I will say Uh, this, being around in that era of AIDS, Philadelphia is a very spot on representation of what happens to the human body when it goes through a disease like that. Yep. I can't make it through that movie, especially at the end when 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 Andrew passes and I just I I cry. I lose. Spoiler alert. 
What? Oh, come on. Everybody knows. <laughs> I was going to watch that tomorrow for the first time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, Brewski. It, it is. It's a heart-wrenching movie. My best friend growing up, his uncle died of AIDS, and I had, it, it, this sounds crass, but I, I had a front seat view of that happening, uh, and it was awful. I mean, it was, it was awful. Yeah. Well, so I I had one as well. When I moved to Seattle in 1998, I lived in this apartment up on Capitol Hill. And there was a neighbor that lived directly above me named Ken. And um, I remember one day uh, the manager coming downstairs and knocking on my door and asking me if I could help him. And what had happened was that Ken had committed suicide because he had AIDS and and he was – I mean, I, I he was always thin and sickly and that sort of thing, sure. um, but he he had committed suicide because he couldn't go on anymore, and to to help help my landlord, you know, kind of clean up the apartment a little bit after they, sure. you know, oh man, that's a weird thing to be asked. I, well, he needed help, and there wasn't anyone around. It was, you know, nobody was. Ken's mother was all the way in. She was senior citizen, and she was in Kansas, mm-hmm. and. You know, she asked, could you like remove all the furniture and, and all that sort of thing? And and yeah, I had become friendly yeah. with the, with my building manager. You know, he was a good, good guy. And he's just like, hey, can you help me for just a little bit? And so. Well, that's a big favor to ask. But, you know. Yeah. And no, it's, and, a, it's a and good I'll, segue, dude. Oh, oh, if you're not finished, Brewski, please. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. It was, it's just that was the first time I'd ever experienced something that close and i didn't know ken super well i used to see him walking his dog and i'd see him in the building or at the qfc down the street from my uh, from our apartment building but i didn't know him very well um but just that was the first time i ever experienced anybody in my orbit who yeah. was who was going through that you know yeah it was it was a a tough tough thing and uh a lot of people did c- commit suicide because it was a painful death. I mean, everything yeah. was shutting down. Um, d- we don't have to talk about this for a long time, but just briefly, did you guys see that Twitch died? Do you guys know who Twitch is, both of you? From the Ellen show. The yeah, DJ I, I saw it. And I, I don't really that, know him, but um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, he was on a, a show in the beginning, So You Think He Can Dance, and it was basically like a dance competition show. The guy was majorly talented, and uh, one of those guys that you would uh, think, oh, I'd like to be friends with that guy, had a huge smile on his face. I mean, he was just somebody that made you feel good, and uh, he committed suicide yeah. yesterday, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it was yesterday. Um and uh yeah that's on the rise obviously uh we're hearing people commit suicide a lot more often now uh this was another person who you had a hundred people come out and say i never would have i never knew he was hurting i never would have known including uh his wife in many respects but he left his house and his wife thought it was kind of odd because he left his car and he never usually did that he grabbed an overnight bag went to a hotel and committed suicide and uh it is happening a lot lot more uh and i thought oh this is a good time to announce that the uh suicide and crisis lifeline now that we're on cell phones has changed Mm -hmm. 
real easy, uh, and everybody should remember this to be able to pass it on or to use it for yourself. It's nine eight eight. That's all you got to dial, dude. And uh, if you you hear people say all the time, like there's always someone out there to listen to, and it is very true. I mean, you don't have to know someone very well to be able to say I'm in pain and I am hurting, and people will want to help you with that. But at the very least, we have that number, and uh, hopefully, if you're going through something like that, you'll be able to uh, be able to call and get some help. Yeah, it's what I thought about, too, when I saw the story on the news today. Uh, you know, he seemed like a energetic, you know, obviously rich and famous guy. And people always wonder, like, I don't get it. How does someone like that kill themselves? How does Robin Williams, you know, who's just the embodiment of fun and joy and humor, how do they kill themselves? And it's a good reminder to everyone that it is not about happiness, per se, like depression and the dark demons that pull at all of us. Um, they're a real thing, man, and they can pull the, the brightest light down. And just because you're funny and outgoing, going especially for entertainers by the way because i've been doing this for the last five months like when the microphone comes on i can push that shit to the side and just do my thing and be funny and all that but yeah you gotta wonder someone like robin williams you know when you go home at night and you close the door that's when the demons come flying out at you and it's a real thing so i don't want anyone out there thinking that they're immune from a from depression or that just because your buddy is always the light of the party doesn't mean that they may not be struggling so yeah that 988 number and um you know it's a topic that should be discussed more openly because it affects a lot of people. And when we need to do a better job, dude, is just in our circles alone of just checking in with people, asking people, how you doing? You know, opening up a little conversation and letting, uh, when you ask somebody how they're doing, let them talk for a little bit, dude. And you'll maybe pick up on some things like, yeah, yeah. we have people in our friend group, our personal friend group that, uh, you know, have shared things with me like that before, and I never, ever would have known if I didn't take the time to have conversation with them. And people do hurt, especially like now during the holidays, like there's people out there struggling and stuff like that. Like it's just a, it's a small thing that you can do to ask people, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yep. And uh, you have that line. So, yeah, pass that line along, 988. It's just a... It's a tragedy, dude, to see people. He left two kids and a wife behind and was obviously hurting very much. So, yep, 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 yep. All right. Should we continue the health topic? Because I've got a couple things on that. Let's get into it, dude. Bruce, do you have something to throw in there? No, 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 no. All right. So, uh, to health, for the health of it, uh, two articles here. They're both kind of interesting here. Um, the headline in this one, to live longer, pick up the pace, just three minutes a day, study shows. Hurry to the bus stop, rush up the stairs, play tag with your kids, romp with the dog, vacuum the living room with a little more extra zing. Romp with the dog? Does that mean uh, something different than I think like I it means? Don't not think like so. the golden doodle story from last week in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. No, like play with, with your dog, dog a little more intensely. <laughs> Uh, Increasing the vigor and gusto of our daily activities could have a substantial impact on our longevity, according to a fascinating new study of of movement, intensity, and uh, mortality. The study finds that as few as three minutes a day of vigorous everyday activity is linked to a 40% lower risk of premature death in adults. Wow, three minutes? That seems preposterous to me. 
I mean, for someone who's now working out every other day, shouldn't that make me invincible? Or am I just joking? Like, what am I working out for an hour? I just no. have to do something vigorous for three minutes? You will find other benefits in working out like you do. But I think what they're saying is three minutes a day to be able to get your heart pumping. Uh, for people who just sit around like a log all the time, yeah. uh, just even getting three minutes so you can work that muscle out briefly which is the biggest, I think that's the biggest muscle in our body, right? Our heart, or is it our tongue? I think your heart, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, work it out for three minutes a day. I would imagine that it would make a difference, yeah. So it says more focused research, though, suggests intensifying some of our uh, exercise, making sure our heart rate and uh, breathing rate rises, amplifies these health benefits. So they're saying just 30 minutes a week of intense exercise drops the risk. You know, obviously what I'm saying is if you're really working out, it's going to do more than this three-minute thing. But sure. they're saying just three minutes a day of, uh, of doing something vigorously, whether it's vacuuming or walking the dog, just do something you normally do, just put a little more intensity into it, a 40% decrease in mortality. I mean, that's that's pretty huge. Yeah, that's real huge, dude. Three minutes a day? Anyone can do that. Like, we don't have an excuse right. to not be able to get our heart rate up for three minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'd like, yeah, I'm not, I think Joe Rogan's cool for what he's doing, but, um, you know, some of his little tangents, I think, are a little out in right field. But I saw a little video of him the other day where a guest was on the show saying that, um, you know, my brother's so out of shape, like he can't exercise. And Rogan was like, can he walk to the fridge to get more food? And the yeah. person was like, well, yeah, he can walk around. He's like, then that's bullshit. Like, that's exercise. Get up and get moving. Do something. I understand you can't go run a marathon, but get up and get moving. Get your body active. Like, everyone needs exercise. So it's bullshit to say that you can't exercise just because you can't go do a 30-minute spin class. Listen, dude, my mom, who is, you know, our moms are a similar age, and uh, she has had a harder time exercising now that she's 78 years old but there is all kinds of things that she can find herself doing you know you modify things a little bit and you can get your heart rate up dude you can move right. your body yeah being truly sedentary obviously that's just corrosive to your body but the notion that yeah it only takes three minutes a day to have a measurable impact whether it's 10 percent or 40 percent, i guess you could debate that but you know i guess that's a pretty low bar right I think so. I got a challenge coming, dude. January 2, my brother and I have decided to take a challenge. We both need to uh, drop about 50. We need to do, both drop 50 about pounds? 50 LBs. Yep. What do you weigh right now? Uh, two, if you don't mind me asking a personal no, question. 252, 253. Kind of lingering right around there. Yeah. You're I need to lose well. 50 pounds. No. Oh, okay. Thank you. I uh, listen, when I lost 40 pounds, you know, a couple of years ago, I thought that was, uh, that was, it wasn't my goal, but I couldn't believe I lost that much weight. So 50, I mean, that's a big goal, but it's doable. Yeah. yeah, it's doable, dude. I've been there before, uh, at this, you know, I mean, you know, at this height, I've been there before. There's no reason I can't do it again. What's the plan? Diet, exercise, both? Like what, what are you, what are you guys going to try? Yeah, I'm changing. I'm going to definitely change my calorie intake for sure. But uh, exercise is always a little in the summertime and then the springtime. I get the dog out and usually do a couple of miles every day of a brisk walk. Mm -hmm. uh, and when summer starts to set in, it gets a little tougher with the rain and cold, you know. So sure. just got to commit to 
you know, putting a raincoat on, bundling up and getting out and doing it. And it usually, uh, when I can do just even that regiment of walking a couple of miles a day at a brisk pace and change my calorie intake usually does well for me. So, uh, he's going to slow down on his drinking a little bit. That was one of his things that, you know, uh, on top of doing all this other stuff. And I have uh, vowed to, uh, take down my cigarette smoking a little bit. We're going to just try and get a little healthier and figured if we could challenge each other to it and have like a weekly thing, uh, maybe we'd stick to it. Yeah, that's cool. The cigarettes though, you're not doing that for the weight loss side, just health in general, just health in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, that's the short answer as to how I lost weight. I stopped taking in so many junk calories, and I started being more active. Not every day. Like I said, it's every other day. And I'm not on a diet, per se, but I stopped drinking soda. Like, that just seemed, like, so stupid of calories to be taking in. Just waste And I don't eat fast food much anymore. Like, you know, so I just got a little smarter about calorie intake and burning more calories during the week. and. Yeah, it took a couple months, but it all started snapping in line, which is the other thing, dude. Don't get frustrated if by February you haven't lost 10 pounds. I found that it took a while for weight loss to kick in, but then once it started, it was easy to grow it from there. You know, that's funny that you say that because I think I'm kind of the reverse. I can drop my first 20 really quick. Uh, usually in three weeks, I can be down 20 pounds, mm-hmm. but then I start to stutter. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and for me, a big thing is sugar. When I get rid of sugar in my life for, you know, or 90% of sugar in my life, I'm such a sugar uh, sweet eater. Yeah. yeah. Um, when the I get problem rid of nowadays, that, though, is sugar's in everything. It yeah. sure is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just being, I'm not saying I'm not going to eat things, but it's being cognizant. Like you said, yeah. so many things are wasted calories like soda pop. I, I, I rarely drink soda anymore. I never buy it. Yeah. You know, the other big thing I used to always do that I've stopped is depending upon what time you go to bed, I usually go to bed around 10 or 11. So after about eight o'clock at night, I do not eat. I don't care if you're hungry, go to bed. I used to eat so much shit after eight o'clock at night and then go <laughs> lie there for eight to 10 hours. And it just, it just, you know, goes straight to fat. That's, that's my that. thing right there. I, I get home at two, three in the morning and I'm snacky and yeah, me I too. Brisky. I, I'm a late night eater, and it's yeah. usually a bowl of of really sugary cereal. You know. Yeah. Okay. On my bedside table used to have Snickers wrappers and all this shit. <laughs> that, you know, my ex and I would be sitting up, you know, smoking a bowl, watching our show before bed, and then I get the munchies and I'd start eating, and then you just lie there for eight hours. Yeah, yeah I remember terrible. that, dude. You guys would go through a fun size pack of Reese's like it was nothing. Oh hell yeah, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just dumb calories. Like, don't eat that late at night. Just cut that habit out. Don't eat, drink so much soda. Like, there's there's easy things you can do that really do have a big impact. So yeah. But that's cool. So here's a question for you. You know, for years being a stoner, I always thought like, I can't get into shape. My lungs are all jammed up with bong resin. So it's, it's pointless to even try. Now I discovered that that really isn't true. Like I can, I can still run. I can still ride the bike. Like maybe not as much as if I had pure clean lungs, but I absolutely can, um, can work out with all the resin I got going on. However, I don't ever work out stoned. Have you? Do you? Have you thought about it? Because that's what this next article is about. You know what? I've talked. I've I've had this conversation with people before. Uh, I don't want to move when I'm stoned. I want to veg. And, <laughs> yeah. and there's people who love to go to the gym stoned. I have no interest really? in it. Yeah. Yes. This, ah. so, 
I, I don't understand. I mean, maybe I should try it, but I I just feel like it, it does no good. Like clog up my lungs right before. I'll uh, maybe right after working out. I will. But this is apparently a whole new trend. So yeah. this from the L.A. Times is working out while high. L.A.'s next fitness craze. <laughs> this trainer is betting on it. Uh, Morgan English was sitting on the uh, fire escape in her Portland State University apartment smoking weed when she felt a pull towards a stationary bicycle. Uh, she walked across the street to the gym, and for the first time in her life, she said, exercise didn't feel like a punishment. Quote, it wasn't about how many miles can I bike, how much resistance can I put on, can I do this for an hour. It was just joyful. Like, I was just moving my body, and I was doing it for myself, and it truly unlocked a whole new world for me. Uh, after that, English started a uh, smoking, a smart, started clandestinely smoking weed in her car before exercise classes. Um, certain... Uh, her classmates uh, could smell it on her when she came into the gym. And it turns out a whole bunch of other people do. She owns and teaches a class for Stoned and Toned, a fitness company that blends cannabis fitness in pursuit uh, of a community and a more pleasant workout. Uh, the L.A.-based company is amongst those uh, betting big on legal cannabis boom, bringing fitness along. San Francisco is home to a cannabis gym that encourages visitors to light up and lift. I have, I, I, I would be a wreck, dude. I would, I, you know what? I could go swimming when I was stoned. I cannot work out when I'm stoned. That's crazy talk. It does seem crazy, right? Yes. Apparently, this is a whole new fitness trend. I mean, I guess if this is what gets some sedentary stoners into it, maybe. But I'm with you. Like, I just, it seems counterintuitive to me. But I work out yeah. and I smoke pot, so maybe I should try to combine the two. But. Listen, maybe just for the fun of the show, I'll give it a try one day. But part of my workout is getting the heart rate up there, getting the lungs moving. And it just seems so like you're tying weights to yourself. (laughs) Like, why slow yourself down? But I don't know. Yeah, I could. It also goes to what I've told you guys that everything's more fun when you're stoned, right? So maybe working out is more fun. I don't know. And that's uh, you know what uh, from what I from the people that I've talked to, and funny funny enough, they say that maybe this is a new trend. Uh, most of the people that I talked to about this were the younger kids that were working at that pizza restaurant I worked at. Yeah, they would all get stoned and go to the gym, and I was like, "What is it?" They were like, "Oh, it just gives us a little extra energy. Doesn't make it seem so bad." I'd be worried about my heart rate because I'm always uh, if I'm up and doing something when I'm really high. I'm always concerned about my heart rate or I'm always focusing on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it would be no good for me. I think I'd have a panic attack, but give it a shot. Harness. See how it goes. A 2021 study by the University of Miami and Brookings Institute tested the myth of the lazy stoner and found the cannabis either had no significant impact or in some cases, a positive impact on exercise. (laughs) So maybe we are just operating on myths and uh, preconceived notions. I don't know. Well, I, it's not a myth. It makes me feel lazy, especially if I'm smoking an indica. I want to lay down in the couch. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a valid question. Like, what kind of pot are these guys smoking before they go work out? Because, yeah, indica versus sativa has a, has a big effect on me for sure. So Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, yeah. So there you go. Smoke pot with everything, everyone. Thanksgiving is to work out at the gym. <laughs> yeah. I just want to eat pizza and sit down and. Watch the waves, you know? Laugh a little bit, talk shit. I mean, that's all I want to do. I mean, I will tell you, though, like when I ride my dirt bike, I get stoned. When I go ski, I get stoned. Like, I just want to be more relaxing and enjoyable. Like, you know. 
I smoke pot when I ski. So, yeah, I get that, I guess. And that's, I mean, that's exercise for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you, too, it was funny. I had a big gap in my uh, dirt bike riding, you know, uh, in my life where I had smoked as a, I'm sorry, I I rode dirt bikes, you know, I was a kid and through being a teenager through like age 18. Right. And then I got rid of the bike. And that's the same time where I started smoking pot. So when I was an adult and I got back into dirt biking, it was the first time I'd ever been stoned on a dirt bike. And much like everything in my life, skiing or whatever, I just assumed it would not be any big deal. But it was really, it, it was discombobulating the first time I was out there stoned on a dirt bike. I, like, <laughs> it was the first dude. time I've yeah. ever done something stoned where I was like, this may not have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things are moving fast. I really have to pay attention uh, yes. to detail. Yeah. However, much like skiing for me, like I'm at an age of life where I should not be out there doing black diamonds and doing big jumps. Like you should be out there being kind of mellow, just enjoying the scenery, the exercise. And uh, I think the same thing goes for me with dirt bikes. Like, you know, in the old days, like I was wild trying to jump everything and popping wheelies. But now I'm just like, I'm just out here having a good time. I'm cruising. I'm enjoying the views. Trail ride. Yeah. And being a little stone kind of helps with that. You know, sitting on a mountaintop, enjoying the world. and. So well, I, don't know. I know that I, I mean when you <laughs> when you ride, do you smoke right away, or do you wait till you get to uh, Genoa Peak and get stoned and then drive back down? No, whole time. I usually uh, I'll take like the first hit in the parking lot as I jump on the bike, and then every time I stop, you know, to enjoy the views, I'll just take one hit. I don't ever just sit out there and like just reef, but yeah, yeah, yeah I just kind of take hits throughout the whole thing, and yeah, and certainly when I get to one of the good peaks, I'll sit up there and maybe take a hit or two and enjoy the moment. Champion. Exactly. So, yeah. This is our uh, drug message for you, kids. <laughs> Try <laughs> drugs. Try drugs. Yeah. Right? Sex? Uh, uh, maybe this is a bad thing. But, uh, I don't remember the last time I had sex sober. I mean, there's been a few times, but usually not. <laughs> With pot. You, you're not talking drinking? Uh, I mean, sometimes drinking, yeah. But no, more so pot. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even my ex, uh, you know, she smoked with me, but not as often. And there'd be a few times where, you know, we were going to get busy, and I'd just be like, yeah, hold on, let me just take a rip real quick and be right there. (laughs) But then again, I guess last week, maybe that's why I was off my game last week. Like, I was sober, actually, for that sex. Were you? And I wasn't very good at it. (laughs) Well, see how it affects you if you have happen to have it again, dude. Uh, It's enhancing for sex, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, tomorrow's shenanigans will not be sober. I'll guarantee you that. There's going to be cocktails, and at least I'll probably take a hit or two. So, Yeah. Well, good luck with that, dude. I can't wait to hear all about it. It's going to be a white Christmas all over the place. Oh, you're <laughs> such a fucking dirty batch, dude. Joy to the world. Hey, as long as you're not talking like in the Tony Montana sense. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I did coke once in life, and I just found it to be ridiculous. I found it to be disgusting, first of all. Like, the burning sensation in your nose, but more so you can feel the coke dripping down the back of your throat. It's like yeah. chalky powder. Yeah. I was just like, give me a bong hit. Like, first of all, I know this shit is addictive and expensive, so I was already paranoid about it. But it was such an unpleasant experience. I was like, no, you guys can do coke. Just I'll take a bong hit. It's fine. 
Yeah. You're very responsible when it comes to your drugs, Stephen. I try to be. I try. Yes. To be. So if my kids are listening to this portion of it, pro pot, but don't do coke. <laughs> so. Yeah. If it grows out of the earth and you don't have to make it into something exactly. from the uh, earth. My son told me the other day, my uh, 13-year-old son witnessed a, uh, uh, he called it drug deal in the bathroom at the middle school. I'm assuming it was pot, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. My my daughter years ago when she was in sixth grade came home and said like so uh, an eighth of pot costs forty bucks huh and I was just like what where did you hear that she's like in the bathroom at the middle school like, yeah it happens <laughs> earlier now dude I you will not believe I mean my niece is eighteen and she's graduated she just graduated this past year but all throughout high school and junior high she, she could get anything she wanted. Not that she did, but I mean, like, everything was available. Everything. Is that a sign of the times? Because when I was in middle school, that was not happening at all. What about for you guys? This is what I could get in high school. I could get acid. I could get, obviously, I could get... I'm talking middle school, not high school. Like, high school, yeah, there was more drugs around. But in middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade? All I could get was pot in middle school. Yeah, but it was around, huh? Like, I didn't see any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Seventh, eighth grade. Uh, mostly weed and believe it or not there was a bit of angel dust uh, in my in my neighborhood too wow. you grew up on 21 drum street so <laughs> angel dust that's great yeah is angel yeah. dust a thing anymore is that like lewds is that just gone no 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 actually it's it's actually kind of coming back it's just pcp but i mean still nonetheless um this was you know there were there were people in my neighborhood who were at that point in their early to mid 20s and so they they was they had been teenagers in the 70s so they still kind of fancied angel dust which was big in the late 70s yes. and so that's why it was still around and being sold at the time because there was a market for it i got you definitely yeah. sign of the times that all those drugs are available that early though i mean yeah, yeah that's crazy. crazy talk yeah uh, speaking Best of my son, one. we will. Uh, I'll close the show with a joke. He, um, he he told me he came up with this. Who knows if he plagiarized him from the TikTok or not? But he tested it out on you, and you're good. And he comes at me with right. He comes to me with jokes every now and again, and usually I, I give him a humor laugh, like you know, ah, that's a good one, bud. Like yeah, but this one I was like, I'm kind of proud of you for this one. Yeah, All right. give said, it to uh, What do you call a book club that has just been reading the same book for years? Hmm. What do you call it? What? Boring. Right. What do you call a book club that's been reading the same book for years? A church. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It is out of sight. Out of sight. Yes. (laughs) That was some, like, you know, political commentary in there. Wow. Look at that. Ripping on churches. Like, yeah. Following in his father's footsteps, you have indoctrinated well, Stephen. All right, guys, we're hitting the three-hour threshold. So uh, for the podcasting world, uh, we're a little late this week. Nick's uh, Omaha trip, uh, you know, delayed us, but we're back on track, and we'll. uh, I assume we're doing one next week. We'll figure out the holidays, but uh, we're here. So yes, so yeah, find us. uh, Oh, hey, minority.net. Real quick, quick. Speaking of holidays. Is uh, Mark McGrath still doing the uh, New Year's thing in Tahoe? That's a great question. The people that do this now don't promote it for shit. So I don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to actually go seek that out to see if the, my arch nemesis, Sugar Ray, is showing up. Well, the reason why I say that is because 
you know, I follow everything Vegas and downtown Las Vegas has uh, a, a New Year's show going on. And one of the acts playing is Sugar Ray. So unless 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 they're playing early in the night and he's catching a copter up to Tahoe, um, you know, or he's not with Sugar Ray anymore. I just don't. I I wanted to ask you about it. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So they're playing in Vegas that night, you said? Yes. Yeah, no, they're um, probably not, dude. They can't do it without the uh, uh, plastic surgery wonder. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a little research. I'm looking at Heavenly's website right now. They don't have the full details posted, but uh, that's good. He yeah, must have uh, heard our clip and figured I'm not going to go fuck with Harness. So. We yeah. hope the only ball drop in Tahoe is compliments of Steven. Yeah. <laughs> Open up. <laughs> no teabagging. Yes. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what the night holds after some tequila. It's nice. funny. I was telling Nick this last night. Like uh, I was, uh, I was chatting with the Valley Girl about Friday night plans, and originally, you know, she came up with, well, "Why don't we go like paint and uh, sip wine?" Like we have one of those places up here, and I was telling Nick, like, "Am I a jerk?" Because my plan was to come home and just get drunk and have sex, and uh, maybe that's not so romantic of me for the. Uh, the You're not a jerk. You just have priorities, dude. Right. So I started talking to her about this last night, and and I told her, here's my vision for what we're going to do that night. And she was like, I think it sounds perfect. But, you know, basically she said, can we get drunk? I was like, absolutely. (laughs) Tis the season. So, what you know, what kind of liquor are you into? Because uh, she'd had whiskey on, like, our first date or whatever. Um, And I was telling her that. Well, I told her I've developed, oddly enough, a taste for tequila late in life. Like, I hated tequila early in life. But maybe it was that phenomenal porn star Mexico trip I had. But. Yeah, I'm all, all about tequila. But you and drink she, it uh, with sweetness. You like a margarita, right? Yeah, margarita or this place we go to. They make their version of a margarita. It's got tequila in it. But tequila settles well with me nowadays. I don't mm. know, quite know why. Well, really, well, really high-end tequila, you, you should it's actually clean. sip. Just sip it. Not shoot it or anything like that. Just sip it like True. you would a, a nice whiskey or See, a bourbon. Cause, well, because that's part of what I was debating. Like, I got to get us home. So I want to have a, a, one, probably two cocktails that I can still dry. But when I get home, I either need like a margarita in a can or I was thinking I just may buy a bottle of tequila and do a shot. You know, like I don't need a lot. But listen, dude, wanna... if you buy, like Brewski said, a li- you don't have to buy top shelf. But if you buy a little nicer tequila, okay, and then yeah. get some orange slices okay mm, good. and you sip that tequila and take the orange slice with it you can sh- you can take a shot of it if you want but finish it off with an orange slice uh you and valley girl will be in seventh heaven dude just don't do just don't do it slow so you don't get just butt wasted absolutely you know I mean? yeah yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to get whiskey dick you don't need to be getting that happening i usually don't but um i hear what you're saying i'm more so i don't want to be puking because that's what i'll end up doing but you know, <laughs> we, we, my point is we were running down the list of you know like what are we going to drink tomorrow night and what should we have waiting at the house so we can continue on and uh, I have told her about tequila, and I think she may have been quoting a country song, but she's like, well, tequila, like to quote the, you know, to, the, the famous quote, tequila makes my clothes fall off. And yeah, I get a, that, that's I a get country a little, song. Yeah, okay, so there you go. She's like, I get a little whorish on tequila. And so my reply was, all right, so tequila for two on Friday night. <laughs> Is that I'll what I'm hearing? Like, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, so so that's my plan anyways, but we'll see how it goes. So. Well, have fun with right. Brewski. Any great plans of drinking and debauchery? No, I'm I'm just working. So, 
So what are you going to say? What are you going to do, you know? Well, go get you some. You need to get out to work now. You champions, enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you for another compelling edition of the Vocal Minority. We are Vocal Minority. Yeah. Find us online, thevocalminority.net. Find us on all the show shows. You're all champions, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Peace, peace. I bid you adieu. Adieu. Adieu, do. <laughs> this is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. <laughs>